0: We're just here walking around. We're going to go
1: set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck. I just shot a freaking (sighs) big buck. Get that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. Woo! Look at the size of that deer. Happy New Year's, welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. Uh today is december thirty first. Uh report recording this intro I got to do a sweet episode with Eric McKay this week. He's a, he's a local guy to me. We don't live very far apart, you know, West Michigan area. He's a guy that, uh, you know, first conversation I've had with him other than, you know, just doing some messaging on social media and it went really well. Like we're very similar, Uh, fun to talk to a guy that, you know, is tore up about hunting. He, you know, he does a lot of out west hunting too, which is really cool. Chasing elk and mule deer and, you know, antelope and those kind of things. So I really liked having the conversation, chit-chat with him about that. Because, I mean, a lot of us guys in Michigan, you know, we see the out west stuff. And I think it's uh, something a lot of people want to do. And a lot of people we know would go out west and do that. Because, I mean, we're tore up with hunting. And you see that new challenge and that new adventure. And hearing him talk about it is, it gets me pretty fired up. I mean, I got to do that spring black bear hunt, you know, this year. And, it was, uh, it was really, really fun, and, uh, just a whole nother kind of experience, and I really enjoyed it, and, uh, I know that, uh, it, it's, it's on the front of, you know, me and my wife's brain to, you know, try to every year maybe do something out that way, if that be, you know, even a white tail hunt out west, or pheasant hunting, or, you know, any of those other kind of options, so I do like, I do like having those conversations with him, and, uh, you know, he's someone I know that I can reach out to and was questions because like I said, he's, I think he said he did it maybe 12 years he's been going out West. So what a cool guy with a lot of resource there. Um, but yeah, we had a great conversation. Uh, he had a great fall, you know, killing some animals, um, out West, uh, home state of Michigan, you know, he shot whitetails in other States. So good overall, you know, end of the year kind of recap for him. Um, And we also talked about some things like, you know, he he feels like he could do better at um, for the following year with, you know, um, some adversity he faced. Uh, So even someone like him who's been doing this for, you know, quite a while at a high level, uh, lots of success. I mean, man, he, uh, (laughs) seeing the video, that dude's got quite the wall of animals. Uh, Really cool to see that. Uh, And uh, hearing the passion in his voice, you know, gets me fired up. But um, no, I kind of wanted to touch base on me, you know, like right now, like I said, it's Sunday the 31st, I actually did an intro for this, uh, and then as I was kind of editing it through, I completely screwed it up, Um, so I couldn't save it, I'm not, you know, I'm sure maybe someone who's a little more handy or better at editing could have fixed some things, but yeah, I screwed it up, so I'm just redoing this thing again, so hopefully it still comes off uh, good, but um, I usually just give it one rip and let her go, but no, I wanted to touch base on some things that I want to do for 2024, you know, tomorrow. Uh, also, in, you know, finishing this year, I'm hoping to maybe, you know, get after a doe tonight with my bow or tomorrow morning or both. Um, i been trying to kind of do that for the last, you know, week or 10 days. But the the days I haven't really coincided with good weather and then, you know, you wake up the next morning and then, you know, check your cameras or whatever on food sources and it's like yep you know even if I was sitting there I want to see anything that came you know two three hours after shooting light um so I you know kind of it's, it's the end of the year so I think I'm just gonna go just to do it you know grab the backpack with the saddle and the sticks in there and go climb a tree one last time 2023 so um, I just really like it. I mean, it's just, it's just a good time, you know, just go kind of try to play the game with your bow and maybe get a doe to come in close and make it happen. You know, I think I do this every year and I don't, I don't know if I've ever shot a deer this late in the year with my bow. Um, but that is, uh, kind of how I'm going to end that. And then me and Tyler are going to rabbit hunting tomorrow too, during the day. Uh, we are going to do rabbit chasing more so than rabbit hunting. We're just going to take the dogs. I don't know if we'll even bring a gun. Oh, I'll probably bring my pistol. I usually always like to have my pistol with me just in case you see a coyote or something, you know, uh, to shoot or maybe a few squirrels. If, uh, Tyler's, he likes, he likes squirrel more than I do. Um, more so because he's, like I said, he, like we've talked, me and Tyler have had a podcast before that kid, man, he grew up, you know, small game hunting. So like, I've, I really look up to him and you know, his passion for it. And he kind of drew me back into it. So, um, but yeah, he likes, he likes squirrel and he cooks it really good. And I think one of these times I'm just gonna have to do it too. But yeah, we'll we'll do that. Like I said, more rabbit chasing, get the dogs kinda like, you know, eased into it. We're not gonna go too hard, you know, they gotta they gotta stay in shape. Or they don't really get a chance to stay in shape, you know, in the off season because like most of their stuff's private property and we don't run our dogs on that, you know, during uh deer season and we kinda feel the same way about deer hunting. I mean we're both deer hunters too, so last thing I wanna have happen, even if it is the middle of the day, is you know, when a guy went through there with his dogs and, you know, maybe they, they disturbed the deer. I mean, very rarely do we jump deer up in summer spots because the last thing we want to do is have our dogs chase deer, give them the opportunity, but it does happen. So, and, and Tyler's actually been kind of doing some late season doe hunting, so he's kind of wrapping that up this year. So, you know, we haven't had great weather to go after rabbits, so it's, that's kind of made it easy just to wait. But, yeah, January 1st hits, that's when we kind of, our focus kind of shifts to that um you know and then we'll do that until I mean, we'll, we'll we'll run rabbits still in march you know just because the weather might be warm and not the greatest we'll doesn't necessarily mean we shoot any but we'll let our dogs chase and i mean we do that because that's i mean dude for me that's the, i don't think i would rabbit hunt if i didn't have dogs or had buddies with dogs because that's that's my enjoyment out of it yeah the thrill of shooting at something running is kind of fun you know you can do the brush stop and thing like i did that when i was younger but i'm kind of I kind of really enjoy watching the dogs, you know, run the rabbits. And so don't get me wrong, like you step on a brush pile and one takes off from right in front of you when there's a foot of snow on the ground, and you pull up with a 410 or a 22 pistol and you drive it. That's pretty exciting too. So, um, but no, I I uh, really look forward to that. And then I also want to touch base on a few things. I'm going to do, you know, kind of got I kind of just sat down and kind of thought about some things for 2024 from a gear perspective. Uh, I really want to, you, you know looking to get maybe a two-panel saddle. That's something I've been, you know, this is, they've, you know, the two-panel saddles have been out for a while. This is my sixth or fifth, fifth or sixth season I've had, you know, a saddle and I've used it. And I've always used a single panel and I uh, have some friends that got, you know, the, the two-panel and I've tried them on and I've kind of hung off a tree with them and I really see the benefit of that. So I'd love to, you know, add that to the, the, you know, the, the toolbox per se, you know, I, like I said, I have, I have hang on tree stands i got a saddle i i try to have a lot of things for you know different circumstances i you know hunt out of homemade blinds i hunt out of ground blinds i you know do that kind of thing too so i'm i'm not one uh i'm not just one guy that i'm only a saddle hunter i'm only a bow hunter you know i just i like to hunt i like to be out there and do those kind of things so the same goes for my gear so two panel saddles kind of on the radar also a new bow sight I uh, actually already ordered a new bow sight because I, I feel like I have a good bow sight. Like, it's nice. It's a new, got a new bow, so I don't get a new sight, new accessories, you know, for the most part. Um, I didn't go crazy because, man, them things, they're just, everything's expensive, you know, from archery to scopes to, you know, arrows, all these things, camo, and I looked at them and I was like, man, I really don't want to spend that much money for that sight because I have a, I had a sight similar to that and there's a few things I didn't like, Um, There's some concerns I had from like a longevity standpoint. I was like for that premium price, you know, I'm just not comfortable with it. And I could have been totally wrong. Like I probably should have bought that site. I've been totally happy with it. But said I went to like a little cheaper site, which I felt like for the money, I was getting more things like more options, more precision, um, really, you know, good reviews, well-built site, all those things. Like I have no complaints on that. Um, It's just, there's a few things that are really important to me. Like the my ability to see the, the sight tape in low light, um, not good, hard to pick out. That um, there's some little things, there's little knobs, there's little you know adjustment things that you have to do when you want to move your pin, um, that are kind of you know they're difficult, you know, I guess, more difficult than other sites. Um, you know, the the bonus is that when you do lock that sight in, it is not going anywhere, but when you want to move that in the heat of the moment in low light, it's a struggle did not cost me anything this year, but I feel like it's definitely something that could, you know, cause trouble in the, in the future. So I kind of wanted, I want to do something different for that. Um, that's probably a site that I'm either going to keep, you know, around or maybe I'll sell, but I, right now it's probably gonna be something I'm going to keep on the shelf, might throw it on a bow for someone else. Cause I feel like, I feel like I'm being a little picky maybe with it, but that's kind of how I am. I mean, I like gear. Like I've talked about, like I like gear and I'm kind of not a gear snob, but I also like my gear. So I, I roll through things and try to, you know, move pieces to get other things and get it where I like it. So that's, uh, that's on the front of the list for that. Um, like I said, uh, with the saddle thing, the two panel thing, and then also I'm going to add ring of steps to my platform. Uh, ring of steps is something that I, has been around for a long time, but I really like the idea of doing that with my saddle platform because I have... smaller platform instead of going to a bigger platform um, i bought a lightweight hang on tree stand Uh, so then you know some of those trees that you need a little bit you know i'm trying to think how to explain this the best some trees i feel like there's pretty much every tree you want you can make it work in a saddle but then certain way the tree is or where your primary shots are the best way to climb the tree because that's just the tree you need to be in Um, especially my private properties where i can pre-scal them and know it just makes sense to grab a lightweight hang on tree stand and go, you know, carry that on your back and go set up that night and hunt it that way. If I'm going to public land or places I've never been, I'm always going to default to the saddle because it's lighter. You know, I, I there's a lot more options from um, the regard to, okay, I have a wide open forest or a wide open oak ridge or something like that. Uh, yes, you can hang the tree stand on the back side of the tree, you know, face the wrong way per se on the stand, um, and be like a saddle where you're standing up with the tree between you and where you suspect deer coming from, use a cover. But I would much rather do that with a saddle. Uh, and then I can, when I'm walking around, I don't have a stand hanging up past my head or anything. So just covering ground is easier with just a backpack. That's very compact with my saddles, you know, platform of sticks in there. So, like I said, there's a lot of good things for that, but because of that, I would like to incorporate ring steps to kind of give me more options of, you know, getting around the tree, uh, maybe, you know, repositioning my feet, there's a lightweight option. That's something I've wanted to do for a while, so that's on the radar. And then also I have a little bit of, you know, habitat work I want to do uh, f- on some properties that could be, you know, structuring food plots, screening, uh, some chainsaw work, you know, those kind of things around the radar also. Uh, Looking forward to clearing out some areas, making more browse, sunlight hit the ground, you know, the basics, very basic stuff. Like I'm basic in the habitat thing. I mean, the properties I have permission and properties family owns, you know, they got ag around, so there's always food. But there's also getting to the point where it's like, hey, it's getting, you know, this stuff's getting older, more mature. It's really not holding the deer like it should be. Let's let's do our part and kind of, you know, make it a better property. uh, you know sustain generations of hunters you know family and that kind of thing and then I also am going to try to gain some more access or private that's always on the front of my mind in the off season Uh, last couple years I've done good at getting some you know access for small game hunting turkey coyotes rabbits that kind of thing but I haven't really got any whitetail stuff so I'm going to kind of make it more a point to find a few spots there's some there's some property types that I think I'm going to try to take advantage of you know um things I haven't asked on before uh because of xyz uh go back and re-ask some spots that it's been a while since I've been there you know try again uh do that but then also I really want to focus on getting some new spots to hunt for you know on the public land side of things you know state ground because you know just because last couple years I've had really good deer to hunt on my permission stuff you know there's ebb and flow and everything so going into this fall it could be one of those years where there's not as many options so you know I might you know might only have one deer that I'm targeting and he's on a property that's only good late October or only good the first five days of the season or doesn't show up until December you know one of those things might happen so what am I gonna do the rest of the year I'm not gonna just sit there to sit there I need to be confident and that will be um something I I love being confident when I go hunt hang a tree and do that so I want to get some more state land so I can have that same kind of, a, um, you know, add to the add to the repertoire of spots. I mean, I have a couple areas I like this year. Um, I noticed there's a lot more human pressure that definitely affected the deer. So I need to kind of like not necessarily abandon ship on those properties, but they're not, you know, they're not um, something I can just be like super confident that, hey, if I go in here, I'm the first dude that's been in here. So I'm going to have a good hunt. I might not be. So I'm gonna kind of take what I've learned from those properties and those different spots and try to find more and just keep adding to the repertoire and having those things to fall back on. So that's kind of my look, my my outlook for 24. You know, this off season and these next few months. That's what I'm gonna be doing. Uh, busy. Look forward to it, man. I love, love this time of year. Um, especially if I'm, if you're not white-tailed depressed, that can be a good time of year because you can already start looking forward and make game plans for next year. So, but if you are white-tailed depressed, it's okay you know, if it didn't go out, you know, the you didn't go out how you wanted, just try to look back at it and, you know, make some mental notes, um, what you may can work on, or, man, I sat here and here and here and didn't see what you wanted to see, or you're just limited on access, so that really, you know, didn't have any good, good hunts because of that, maybe start door knocking, doing all these things, find some state land, just trying to, you know, trying to just keep building to that experience and getting to that point where you have all this information that just makes it, you know, a lot, a lot easier on yourself going into the next year, try to not necessarily be ahead, but be like good game plan. And then, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's January 1st is right here. Like I said, this episode's launched and it's 2024 by the time you guys will hear this and, uh, go out there, enjoy creation, get after it. Um, don't sleep on small game hunting this time of year. It's good to get out there, walk around, um, you know, see new ground. Uh, it's, it's fun, man. I mean, I look forward to this time of year and me and my buddies get to go out there and chase rabbits. It's good, you know, some good fun. I mean, we've, me and Tyler did an episode earlier this year. Uh, one of the first ones I did about, you know, how small game hunting is legit. I mean, we have such a good time. It's, it's just, it, you know, can rekindle friendships. It can, you know keep you in good health because you're out there you know walking around seeing dogs work and doing all that and then like i use it as a scouting thing too i mean i scout a lot of properties because of it so yeah don't sleep on small game money but i do i do appreciate everyone that gives us a listen and uh supports michigan wild uh, i've been doing this for like six months now it's been great and uh like i like i like to say go out there enjoy creation get out there your family do that and uh, enjoy this episode with eric all right welcome to another episode of michigan wild uh this week's episode is with eric mckay is that right yeah that's right all right well what's going on man uh eric is he is someone i don't know how this okay so i did a podcast with dan johnson on the nine fair chronicles i want to say 2000 maybe 19 ish i did it um and then you were actually someone that reached out to me the next day and said dude great episode you know fellow michigan hunter you know all that stuff so we became facebook friends that yeah. next day and we've just been kind of like i don't know how many posts you see for me because i don't post very much but i know every time you post a picture it's got some dead critter in it so <laughs> i always like it and from seeing you from a distance and i reached out to you and was like dude you had an awesome fall we need to talk about it so that's kind of our backstory but why don't you kind of tell everyone kind of what you do for a job and Uh, how old you are and how long you've been hunting Michigan and all that kind of good stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm 36. I'm a blueberry farmer, which uh, we have a very large blueberry farm for the area. I mean, I think we're one of the largest family owned blueberry farms in Michigan. Um, We're on the west side there by Grand Haven. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been hunting since I was, I don't know, walk you know, with my dad. And uh, so we've always had, had our land and, and all that. We don't own a lot of woods anymore, but it's mostly blueberry fields, but we own land up north um, in the manito National Forest area. And um, took it pretty serious, you know, when I was uh, getting going with it and my dad got me on the woods. And um, I work a lot in the summer, but having the blueberry season, you know, I'm not a corn farmer, so I don't have to harvest in October or November. So, having the lifestyle we do, I I can get out hunting quite a bit and I can take off a lot of time in the fall and that's probably part of my success. Cause I mean, half of it is just getting out and a lot of guys are just real tied up and busy and I got a five-year-old son too. So, you know, that keeps me busy enough. I don't nearly hunt as much as I used to. I just utilize my time. Um, when I do, you know, strategically and get her done, you know? Yeah, I think
1: it's one of those things like we're similar age, so like we we're past the point of like just hunting every day. Like that used yeah. to be me as a kid. Like I want to hunt every weekend, every day I can. I'm just sitting in a tree to now having lifestyle set up that you can use your gut feeling. You know, obviously if it's 80 degrees, you can still shoot a deer. Like it can happen, but it's like, hey, we have flexible enough work schedules in life that if that cold front's hitting or something seems right or the right time of year, we have the ability to like, we're hitting the woods, you know, and, our, All right. and that, I think that, like you said, that's kind of like an under... Uh, under, I don't know if it's undersold, but like, it's super important to especially try to shoot like a higher age class deer because they don't, it's not like they're, they're, they're like the deer I've killed the past few years. It's not like they've been on a trail camera. I've seen them every time I'm hunting. It's like, they're just so random and sporadic. You almost have to like develop that over the years to know when they like your property. It's kind of like what it comes down to. It's not like I have access to a mile by mile area where I can kind of like find them. I have to like my little 20 acre, 40, 60 acre piece, this buck's only here this time of year. Sweet, I got my life set up where
0: I can take that Thursday off if I need to, or that Tuesday. So that's a big part of success for sure. Oh, it is, man. I mean, just being able to go when you need to go. And I think that's, it's persistence, you know, like I'm, I think I'm successful in a lot of ways because uh, I just know when it's going to be good and then I get after it. Like, it's like flipping a switch, you know? And and there's plenty of times throughout the the hunting season that I, I know it's not going to be that good. I visibly see deer, I, you know, trail cameras. I mean, everything data-wise that I put together, you know, I can just, I, I sat maybe six times in October. That's it in Michigan, you know? And people are like, well, don't you like hunting? You know, this and that. It's like, yeah, I love hunting, but if my spot isn't perfect, you know, I'll go hunt public or dink around somewhere, or just hunt some stupid spot I don't really care about. Shoot a doe, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I just save that that time for when I need it, and when I when it's time, it's 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 go time. You know, I I get after, it and I think that's how I've been successful. You know.
1: So now, like on those pieces that you do have, like uh, private property, I'm assuming or permission property. Mm-hmm. How long has it taken you like a, a while to like kind of get them dialed to like. I'm assuming you have like good access. And like you said, the time of year is so important. Is that just something you've learned from failing or like, do you really rely on trail cameras? Like, how do you like pinpoint that?
0: Yeah, I, man, I, I will say when I was younger, I hunted like every day, like you were saying, and I, and it didn't help me in any way. It just, it helped me fail. So I learned from it. You know what I mean? And I I just know our property so well. And I know when the deer are going to be in them now that yeah historical day data and just just experience of of being out there so long I've got to just dial, mm-hmm. you know yeah some so, seat time you know and like you know every part of Michigan I'm sure there's different times of rut and this and that but like around our our area it's it seems like that last week of October all of some they just show up like you'll see no decent bucks and also like October 24th ish. It's like something flipped a switch and that's just when they're around i'd rather hunt that last week of october in michigan than probably any other time personally mm-hmm.
1: you now it's a good just, time
0: and we got good neighbors that manage deer well and um that is a huge reason why that was I, my next question I, I guess, <laughs> yeah yeah because you know, i know i'm not just wandering to the woods. i know where the big ones are i know yep. where they're coming from i know what they're gonna do i know when they're probably going to be there you just got to catch them in daylight and and, uh, I've been successful doing it. So,
1: yeah, but there's so much, um, I like, I can relate because like, I think we kind of have a sim, we don't really hunt that far apart from each other. You know, I'm farther East, but we're the same, you know, North, South pretty much. Cause I'm, you know, almost, I'm by close to Grand Rapids. So, I mean, we're really not that far the way the crow flies kind of thing. So, I mean, very similar time frame and similar pressure, probably like there's a lot of, there's a lot of houses. There's a lot of people that hunt, they're a little 10 acre pieces and all that. But, to be successful there's been i just have like years of failures like you know or year like years of sits like and like i know we're saying fail like maybe like i don't want to take it so negative but like i try to when i was really getting after it like when i was in my early 20s you know had more free time didn't have a family yet those kind of things i tried to like have every sit just be like learn something from it like okay why am i going here why am i what do i see you know have a trail camera place i never man when i first got trail cameras like from how i used to run trail cameras how i run them now like just trying to always be better and not like be content because like you said there's big deer around like you'll see them driving or you see them glass in the summertime so i was always really driven like okay so and so shot one down the road from me that was like i seen that buck in the summertime like that really isn't that far away from where I can hunt. Is he over here? And like, you know, you start trying new things and doing different things. And like, I remember when I was like probably 21, 22 years old, I would, I would go. And I finally learned about that time frame, like time of year for properties. Like I always liked to hunt. Like I was never one that didn't like to hunt, but I've learned that like one property, I didn't even hunt at the one year until October twenty-six because I learned through trail cameras and leaving them up all year that like, there was no point hunting there until then. I no. would just scoop the does I mean, I went in there October 26th first hunt of the year, hang and hunt, and shot a sweet buck. Like yeah. the biggest buck, I think, still to this day, score-wise. And I that took me like four years to figure out how that property, you know. But every year it's like, okay, I'm not successful. Why or why what worked and what didn't. And I think you almost gotta like, if you're tore up by, you kind of put the extra effort into thinking that way. And dude, it takes time. And I grew up in a family yeah. of hunters, you know, like. My right. dad's been hunting, my uncles, my grandpa's. like, I've been surrounded by hunters, but still like for you and your property, you have to like invest that time. And now after, you know, 15 years, let's say, um, you know, I've been bow hunting since I was 12, but like, since I got a driver's license, you know, since I was 16, I can start driving my own shoot. That's some 33. So that's over 15 years. I'm finally figuring out some of these properties. I'm like, it's so much. So when you just see a picture of like, oh, we had a good year. It's like, dude, there's so much right. into that, that I you know. don't
0: explain it. People think I'm blessed with like this, you know, deer park fun land farm. And honestly, <laughs> there's not that many deer. There's not that many deer. And I'm very lucky, I'm grateful for what we have. But I mean, I learned on public, you know, I, I learned and I I still, I mean, in Illinois this year, I shot one on public and out west, I shot an elk on public. I mean, I still get after the public, it's still fun. But uh, but having the private in Michigan is is nice to have and yeah it it has taken me a lot of time you know the trail camera game is is fun um the cell cameras i almost feel like it's cheating but it's still like i almost have as much fun putting cameras out with my son and just getting pictures of yep. deer, you know and and it's weird the around us like you'll see beer in the summer and then they'll kind of disappear for a while and then that october 25 you know time span comes around and i know when to get after it and like you said i i there's plenty of years i I haven't hunted until october 25th at least my good stands Yep. and uh i know i know everybody wants to get out hunting but sometimes it's just best to stay out <laughs> yep exactly yeah. yeah there is i i believe it 100
1: percent that you have you can have one property that can do it all like i do think that you could have an awesome 80 or an awesome 40. oh yeah um, but there is it takes time to learn a property and have it be a good early season spot because you can burn that if you hunt that thing i think if you hunt it three times before october 10th you could burn that spot for the entire october for a mature buck until mm-hmm. rut comes in so i mean you got to make sure you're really calculated and that's a good a good idea but uh there's there's that doesn't mean it's good every year in early october either like that's another element to it um but like it's funny you say this about you know a buck like Like, yeah, I, have been told the same thing. You just have great, you know, you have, you just have the best property ever. It's like, well, I don't think it's the best. I just get, you know, lucky because I'm educated, but like, I have a buck. I found a shed this spring and he, I saw him this summer, like four or five times glassing. And I was like, man, that's a really nice buck. Like, he's probably like a borderline, like I think he's four and a half. And I kind of, you know, I'm kind of on the fence between a four-year-old and five-year-old, just trying to get better. Like, I'm, all I'm doing really is just climb the ladder. Like, I've shot a handful of three-and-a-half-year-olds. I've shot a handful of, you know, four- and five-year-olds. So, I'm trying to kind of, like, I never really know where I'm at, but I'm trying to climb the ladder. So, I was like, okay, you know, inventorying these bucks. So, I set a camera in this area. I've seen him glassing, and I just finally pulled that card. that sat there all year, and he only was on that camera one time, October 24th that's yeah. and i'm like dude how is that pot like where did that deer go no idea no one's shot him he's really big um so it's like okay if i kill that deer next year it's gonna be like i'm gonna have to be really diligent i going to move some maybe move some cameras into some different spots but like he was on camera one time and and no i'm talking like not daylight like this is one nighttime picture of this deer and yeah it's like well i found a shed and i've got a trail camping i know he summer's here but like that's a tough spot to be in, you know, like, it's like, that's not a guarantee I'm ever going to see that deer, but I have a game plan going into this fall of how either me my wife or my brother-in-law could get on this deer because he could be special. So that's the, <laughs> it's not like I have these deer like on a string. Yep. Every Thursday, they're going to be here. Every Tuesday, they're here. I got trail cam picks galore of them. No,
0: that is not the case at all. You know, and we, and we seem like we both hunt more mature deer. I mean, that's a whole different beast. You know, it's, they're, they're just so much more elusive, especially in Michigan. Like if you can kill a four-year-old in Michigan every year, like no offense to the other guys in the other States, but like, it's harder, like in Michigan and in, in other States that I, I want don't want to say it's easy because it's never easy, but man, Michigan can be tough. You know, there's just a lot of pressure, a lot of people, the woods around us. I mean, there's really nothing impassable that you can't walk through. Yep. You know, and, and like I've gone to other states, and it's so thick; literally, a human being can't get through there. Other than maybe some swamps up north that are difficult, and uh, and all that. But the pressure here just—it just changes the deer. Like like if I shoot a deer in Illinois compared to Michigan, it's it's almost like it's a different species of deer. You know, or in Wyoming, a mule deer is a different species than well, it is a different species compared to like, Illinois. Like just the alertness, the the ability to, to get on a mature one in Michigan is, I give God a of guys credit in Michigan that can kill mature ones every year because they're putting their time in, you know.
1: Yeah, I hunted uh, i hunted a lot of state. I, I think I did five days in Illinois this uh, this year. We had a lease, and then that didn't really, The it was like the worst wind for the lease. Like, we only had access from the south, and all we had was south winds for like eight days. So I hunted a lot of state land, and here I am, like, you're like, dude, like, these are not easy spots to get to. And I, this one spot I found, I was on a tree and I was in between like two or three trees. So I felt pretty concealed, Um, but like they're all big trees. And I was just like, man, if I see a deer, it's gonna bust, it's gonna get 30 yards from me and see me sitting here, you know? Nope, they walk really 10 feet from you, never look up. They don't even like care. Uh, So I don't, I think it is a lot of thing to do with pressure and like how often they see humans. They, cause it sounds like, like in that state, gun season is when they see a lot of people like gun yeah. hunting is like, but it's only three days of right. that. And I think it's easier to kill a four and a half year old buck in other States because I think there's just more of them. Probably. That's another big thing too. You know, there's more of them and they're not, they haven't smelled humans as often or get bumped around. Um, I pulled a camera this week on state land, a piece that I've had, a, this is the third year in a row I've had a camera in there and I hunted it once this year. I had every year I've had like a three-year-old buck on the camera and multiple other bucks this year. I think I had a four-year-old and I, I want to say it was like October 26th from October 26th to November 16th. I had five guys walk by that camera and really? guess how many deer I saw, how many bucks <laughs> I saw after that zero, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I saw those still, but the bucks were just like, yeah, we're not going to hang out here anymore because just yeah. influx of people. I've had cameras in other spots that, I won't even I won't even have a a deer on it, and I'll have just people on it. You know, like it just right. there, like you said. That's it's not that hard to walk to like a lot of these pieces, unless it's like really thick cover. You go to Illinois, man. If you want to walk to that one spot, you the elevation change you have to do just to get there, or where you have to park to get there is like you have to be committed. Like, committed oh yeah, to go there so. There is a little bit of, yeah, there's differences in that. And I think that's what helps some of those states. Iowa, I've hunted there just on private. That's a whole other animal. But even, like, driving around and seeing some of their, like, public land, I'm, like, just drooling. I'm, like, oh, gosh, I would love to be able to hunt that, you know. Michigan's, like, cool, it's a big swamp, but, like, how many
0: deer really live in that big swamp, you know. Right. You know, and, like, the when I go out of state, too, it just, it changed my whole persona of Michigan too. It made me hunt it smarter in a way. And just like when you see different elevation and changes, like when I go out west, you know, it makes you kind to work for it a little bit more. So it's nice to come back home and just get in my comfy spot back in Michigan too, you know? So my dad always said, you know, you can be an old man and sit in a tree stand. So get after it while you can, you know? So, but I'm, you know, my son's getting older. So it's going to it's going to change here a little bit. I'm going to stick around home a little bit more, but, um, but yeah, having, having the ability to go out of state and having those experiences, like if no one ever has, I say do it and try it. And it's, it's just, it, it makes you more of a wholesome hunter. It makes you adapt a little bit. I mean, I, my stand in Illinois, I didn't want to get above the canopy of some sass frats. And I mean, I was nine foot up in a tree. You know, it's like, you don't have to go 25 foot, like in Michigan where everybody thinks and every deer sees you from a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Just go hunt and you kind of learn different areas. And I mean, I've hunted the private piece down in Illinois. I've hunted a lot of public. I've killed more, some of my biggest bucks actually came off of public, but um, you know, just being a uh, mobile always, always have that in mind. And um, sometimes I never hunt the same tree. I mean, it's, yep. I like moving a lot and you know, some guys just get stuck in that same stand and that's fine if you just want to go out and shoot your deer, but if you want to hit these mature deer, you know, it's, it's, you got to put the work in. you know, so I, I just enjoy it, you know, and I got like five Iowa points. I'd like to make it out there, um, at some point, but I've been stuck on that west bug so bad. I haven't, haven't planned a hunt, so. Yeah. So let's roll into your out west hunts a little
1: bit. Like, when do you, I guess, kind of like, what have you done and like, when do you, is that like a September thing for you? Or are you like going and chasing mule deer in October? Or like, when do you kind of, how does that look for you? I mean, I think, cause you went with a gun this year, right? And got an elk with a gun or did you get with your yeah. bow this year? You got a, with your gun. Yeah. So you're giving up October to go hunt
0: elk or part of your October, right? Cause that's yeah, usually it, gun season in October. Right. Yeah. I mean, historically I've gone Montana, um, Wyoming, Colorado for elk. I've killed elk. Um, Big one in Montana, I've killed like three or, let me see here, I've killed three elk in Colorado, um, all with a rifle. Um, I like rifle hunting elk just because it's, you know, a little easier in a way if you do get a chance, Um, but I've come to love the bow hunting them too. I've gone out to Colorado and I got skunked one year, but we should have had them. Um, This year we drew a Wyoming elk tag. I didn't think I would a general tag, and I drew a First Rifle Colorado tag. And my uncle Mike went out there for years, and yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got two elk hunts. I'm like, this is going to be crazy. So we went out in September in Wyoming, in uh, southern Wyoming, and it was big country, you know, thick though. And me and two of my buddies went out there, and we rode bikes like four miles in hiked way in and i i mean i hiked the dunes along the shore here just to stay in shape for this stuff you know and yeah it's it's just different if you've never been on a lesson you just you got to keep up on it otherwise you, you're not going to enjoy it as much mm-hmm. and uh we Dude, got my hugs
1: kicked my butt like i yeah. went so i i asked I was like hey how good a shade do we have to be in for this he's like hey you're horseback riding he's like you might yeah. have to walk a little bit and i kind of told him i did for a job he's like i was like do we really need a train he's like oh no you'll be fine uh no i was not fine like the elevation just like killed me um that took like a couple days to get used to and like just walking up to the outhouse was like rough you know and uh but it took by about days four or five i started like getting my lungs up but like i was like dude if i i don't even care if i ever do a bear hunt again which is really it is low stress i mean you ride horses around you have to walk maybe a few hundred yards i mean those few hundred (laughs) yards are like straight up a mountain but I think I'm definitely like you said, you need to get your lungs kind of conditioned for it because I the elevation really bothered me. And I was yeah. just like, you know, the whole time me and my wife we were like kind of joking because we would love to do an outcome sometime. And we're like, yeah, we're gonna like really get in shape to do this. If we cause we wanna like you said, you don't want to be there and you got limited time and you're like you're hurting because you're not in shape. There goes it's not as much fun. You know, like I, I'm in shape and I'm enjoying it, like I don't care if I kill something, but I don't want to be like, man if we would have got over that rise or over that
0: mountaintop, we might've had it been in the game, but I was too big of a wuss to get there because I was out of shape. It's intimidating. You know, I've had a lot of friends ask me because they're like, Hey man, I want to try this. And you know, it's, it is intimidating the first time you go out, but once you do it and you kind of understand it, you, you really, you really just figure it out, you know, just like whitetail hunting. it's, you just got to make sure that you can have the ability to do it. Um, because it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, when you're carrying that elk meat out, like, it's a, m- just a mental show in your head of like, oh my gosh, you know, like you feel so exhausted at 10,000 feet too, you know, a, a lot of these elk I've killed and you're up there, you know, and it, it's just a different element to deal with. But my, my uncle always said too, if you get headaches out there, just take a baby aspirin every day for like a week before you head out there. Just yep. kind of keeps your blood a little thinner. It helps some guys because I don't get the elevation sickness, but um some people do, you know, and it can ruin you for a couple of days. Yep. So you feel yeah. about
1: this big when it's happened. You're like, I gotta lay down. Like I, I'm gonna die if I don't lay down, is how you feel. So when you right. bonded
0: Wyoming, how did that how did that go for you? Was it a 10 day hunt, five day hunt? What did you end up doing? We drove out, we drove all night, um, got out there, set up camp. Um, we were planning on staying for about a week. Um, My buddies both have kids, too, so we didn't want to go too long. Um, And the Wyoming general tag can actually carry over to rifle season, too, so you could come back with a rifle. So that was kind of half my plan. I'm like, well, if I don't get one, I'll come back with a rifle. And then I drew the first rifle Colorado. I'm like, well, I'll be out there anyway, and it happens to be the season for Wyoming is um, just a couple days after that one. So we went out, and uh, we got after it. I mean, we were calling, uh, we kind of learned how to bugle good this year. Um, cow call and my buddy Joe's the best caller by far out of all of us. And we we all drew back on elk, big ones too. I mean big bulls. And we were we were into them for three days and we just never got a shot. You know, we never never got um, you know, just thick spruce. Um we just never got a, a good open shot to to really, you know, take a lethal kill but uh so we 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 tuckered out on that we failed but i went back out in colorado um it'd be like mid october which is perfect because i don't really like hunting michigan that much then that time of year i usually just go up north duck hunting or something but um i went out there by myself because i only drew that tag and i kind of know this area well and i heard that the best thing about first rifle if anybody ever goes to colorado you do have to draw like it takes a point or two sometimes but it's only five-day season, so a lot of people are like, oh, man, I'm not going to get it done in five days. It's like, dude, hike as hard as you can. Go as hard as you can. You will be ready to come home after five days if you <laughs> di- if you do it the way you should, you yeah. know. Like, don't sit at camp. Just always be out there all day long, anytime time of day. But every time I've gone out first rifle, they're always bugling still, so you can locate them. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's awesome. It's like you're hunting the rut with a rifle in a way, you know, they're, they're kind of herded up. I mean, the one elk I shot probably out of a group of 80 of them. And then this year I probably shot, I shot a five by four smaller raghorn, but uh, he was in a group of about 30. And uh, so they're pocketed. They're a little more, but they're not as yeah. dispersed. So that's what you're saying. Like, get out there, hike, mm-hmm. find them because once you find them, there could be a good bull in that group. Right, and they always—it always seems like that first rifle um, season, that time span in Colorado, they get like their first good snow, and it really pushes them down. So that high, them high country bulls—I mean, some of them stay up there all the time; they never come down. But um, they'll move down to the to the private land. But you just find that happy medium in, in between. I found, you know, eight thousand to ninety five hundred feet in the areas. The aspens is where they are. That first rifle and. I've never not tagged out. Um, That's so, sweet. So yeah, you go by I, yourself. Are you, like, staying
1: in a hotel, staying in your truck? Do you have a tent?
0: Or what do no, you do I, you I do tent that? it. Yeah, That's man, awesome. I, I, I'm not made of money. I, I, I like roughing <laughs> it, you know. Like, I, I'll wear the same T-shirts from high school, you know, for years. I don't care, but I'll spend I on, on, on my equipment and stuff like that. But I'm like, no, I'm, I want to be right out where I'm hunting. So yep. Yeah. I camped the first night out there. It was 13 degrees.
1: That was my next question. Uh, Cause like you said, it's like, it's cold. Like we have snow that time of year. It's cold up there. Yeah.
0: You gotta have a good sleeping bag. And, uh, I just tent it and just, I bring usually two sleeping bags just for safety, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I just nestle in that thing and fall asleep. And I don't, when I leave in the morning, I usually go up a couple hours before dark, start hiking. And, uh, I stay up there all day until dark. So you you're packing a lot of stuff, but it's uh it's like rewarding, you know, like I I find I'm real humble with it. And then a lot of people at home they like um everyone like Joe Rogan always talks about elk meat. Everyone wants to try elk. So yeah. a lot of people I'm like here, I, I definitely gift it out to, to yep. friends and stuff to to try it. And it's it's good stuff.
1: So it's one of those things where you know you you probably have like that sense of like i really earned that and like we kind of talking earlier like you're you do blueberry farming and that kind of stuff i'm in construction so like at the end of the week you like look back and you feel really good about what you either accomplished or maybe what you could you wish you accomplished you know you kind of set goals for yourself and there's something really rewarding about that lifestyle i think that's why i love hunting so much a lot of people do because you kind of get what you put into it you know yeah you can luck into a, a really big deer or shoot a lot of deer from having a good property but to kind of challenge yourself and do those kind of things like i can mm-hmm. only imagine what it feels like going up into the mountains by yourself 13 degrees middle of nowhere and you go yeah. hammer an elk that's like that's yeah. some that's right up there like i'm i'm feeling like i would love to do that someday and uh, like yeah how i can see the addiction to it you know like why that why people go I mean, what is it like, well, they say like your chance of shooting an elk with your bow in Colorado is like 4% or something like that. It's super Super low, low. but guys do it every year, you know, every year because they're chasing that. And it's so, so rewarding to do that. So, okay. You go up there, you're, you're camping by yourself. What day is this first day, third day? When did you end up getting your elk with your gun?
0: I, uh, I got, I always get out there a little early just so I can scout for a little bit and it's 24 hour drive, you know? So get out there. I usually stop on the way I'm driving by myself. I mean, I, you don't want to push it. You don't want to wear yourself before you get out there and uh, get out there. I, I got down there out there, I don't know, day and a half early, scouted, set up camp, you know, met up a couple of hunters there, a guy and his kid, really nice people. And I, every elk hunter I've ever met has been super, super nice people, you know? And uh, yeah, I went up um, in the morning. I told the guy and his kid, cause they actually did camp by me. And they were going in complete different direction. But uh, I said, you know, let me know if you need a hand because this kid was younger. And um, he's like, all right, good luck. And he kind of knew I was a uh, serious hunter, you know. So um, he was laughing at like my Sitka and all this stuff, you know, <laughs> making fun of me. And, uh, you know, I, I went up and I, I saw elk in the morning um, from a distance and I heard them bugling in some private land not far away and I knew they were in there. I And I know this area pretty well. And if you can catch them coming out in the public before dark, they will. And I sat all day, just hung out there all day. And I ended up shooting that, dark, that elk like 10 minutes before um, shooting light that evening. So I butchered it um, in the dark by myself. And then I carried the head, um, back straps and a front shoulder down on the first pack out. And I was dead. I, I almost couldn't make it back. You know and Jeez. then the guy was sitting there running with his truck and uh he's like man i got a little worried for you he heard me shoot though so he knew and uh yeah it was opening night i i only hunted in colorado for one day Dang. you know and uh then i went up the next day and i i got got it out in three packouts total so geez that's nuts. It, yeah that's nuts three packouts. yeah yeah but probably i don't know i don't know what the first pack i was the heaviest probably probably pushing a hundred pounds, you know, and then the other ones weren't too bad, but, but it was downhill. You know, if you, if you can ever strategize it in a way where you can go down, like, yep. definitely do that with weight. Um, I, I just, I, I kind of got the stuff figured out, you know, it's big. I mean, it's thousands of acres where I go. You kind
1: of found your little pocket you like to be in. Yeah. I mean, I know where the elk are. So. Yeah. Well, um, that go That's the same whitetail hunting. Like, right? I mean, that's the same, anything you do, I mean, you're talking about duck hunting, you're talking about these other things, like, yeah, there's all this space for them, but you kind of have to, like, get down into your zone and learn your little zone really well, and then just kind of have multiple of those zones, because you can't just be like, yep, there's 4,000 acres here, I'm just going to go hunt that. Well, you really have to break that down into, like, little pieces, because otherwise you're just going to be chasing your tail for, your five-day hunt's going to be over with like that, you know,
0: because you're, you're trying to do too much. So, oh yeah and, and if you're with a buddy and i usually go with a buddy this is the first time i ever went solo um you know it's the other guy's got to shoot an elk too and if, if one of you gets one we always help each other pack it out i mean it could take a couple days to get it out yeah. so awesome you know that guy all of a sudden he only has a couple more days to hunt. so you got to use your time wisely and uh, just get after it you know and i don't care how late it is and how far it is, I'm just gonna go, you know, yep, get it done going. with it. I can sleep later, you know. Sleep
1: when you're dead. That's what yeah. that's what my dad always says, my grandpa. Mm-hmm. But so you rolled you you got your your bull in Colorado and then I'm assuming did you roll right to Wyoming from there or did. did you go back home? I did.
0: The guy's kid um shot a his first elk it was a just a smaller cow elk. And uh, he goes, oh, it's just, it's not too far. They didn't shoot actually too far from where we were camping, maybe a couple thousand yards. And uh, he's like, no, we'll get it out. Nice to meet you. Ha ha. I'm like, I'm going to Wyoming. So I drove to Wyoming. I did have to drop my elk off at a processor in Colorado because yeah. it was like 70 degrees when I got down to the lower country. Oh, I'm geez. Like, so I bought some dry ice, dropped uh, dropped it off um, in northern Colorado at a place so I could get it taken care of. And then I went to Wyoming. I hunted by myself up there probably four more days until i burned myself out and we went to the same area we did when we were archery hunting and all the elk were gone i mean i cut maybe a handful of elk tracks in the snow there was like six inches of snow and um i lost like 12 pounds you know i was just tearing it up but i i just they just weren't in there you know and i didn't know the area well enough and it they i think a lot of them were on private down low and uh just you know i tried you know and it sucks to not get one but i learned a lot and um i definitely want to go back someday you know that you now you harder. got the now you're
1: driven to get one again yeah because <laughs> yeah. you, you know you you failed quotation marks you know but right it's i'm sure you've been looking on the online maps and all right yeah. i need to try oh, this spot yeah. next time and you know roll around yeah dude that's why i love it too that same thing yeah but, Wyoming's cool man like I was
0: beautiful state
1: yeah so where I bear hunted was like uh it was south of Yellowstone you know I think we were like 50 miles from Yellowstone maybe or 40 or something like that so we were kind of like north you know northwest Wyoming and the mule deer we were like mule deer were just coming back into the mountains we seen moose we seen you know elk and all this stuff and the bear and all that I'm like dude I am like in love with this place like I was yeah. I was like man if I hit the lotto I'm moving to Wyoming like just I, because I, I, I would love yeah. that you know and like you said then when November comes around you're done hunting out there because there's six feet of snow probably by November yeah. you just come home to Michigan and you can whitetail hunt
0: <laughs> I, know, <laughs> you know?
1: I know I know
0: I love that like when you find those those uh seasons out west where it doesn't really interfere with your Michigan stuff you know like in September like I've gone to Northeast Wyoming several times. I've shot a lot of antelope and mule deer there. And um, on a big ranch, I give them blueberries. They yep. love that, you know, and like you make your name kind of in the area. And I'm a farmer, so it's easy to talk to farmers mm-hmm. and ranchers. Yep. I've always had pretty good luck with access just because I can talk farmer. And, yep. you know, I'm kind of a traditional old mindset. Like, just I get along with older guys that, you know, just, you know, they're just that way, you know, and that's how my grandpa and, everyone in my family is so it's it's i can relate you know and they don't give away look. all the secrets yeah i know <laughs> i know you gotta be careful just <laughs> just bring annoying. a bunch
1: of blueberries or yeah i do like, so i do apples
0: yeah you know yeah. like
1: i live by i live by like the, all the apple trees and all that stuff so you right have, you tell someone like hey we'll bring some i'll bring some honey crisp apples from this I, where i live michigan's one of the you know the biggest producing apple places in the area you just bring them some bags of that and then like you said like you're talking to a farmer they can smell bs from a mile away so like you just know you you gotta you gotta be genuine you gotta be straight up with them Mm -hmm. and if you just if you come there with you know you're taking from them by wanting to hunt their deer use their property even though a thing of apples is like pennies on the dollar from what you're taking Mm -hmm. from them just doing that means a lot to a guy or an older lady that owns that because that's how they grew up. You know, right. you're, you're, you're friends with each other. You help each other out. You do those kind of things like here, I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. And yeah, I've gotten access down here in Michigan. I've gotten, you know, I was man in Illinois this year. I was so close to like getting a huge property. I think if I would have stayed a couple of days, I probably could have gotten in touch with the right person, but yeah, yeah they, you talk to them it's like, Hey, what well, you know, like, and they're like, man, you can't, they're like you you're lucky you're in my door right now because usually i only let people get through the front door you know and i'm like well how how is that possible like these guys seem super legit but i think it's just because like you're saying you know that older mindset you got to be relatable you got to be honest to yourself you got to be confident you know all those things and yeah just right. growing like i'm not a farmer but like my grandpa dairy farmer my dad you know farmed my in my father-in-law grew up on a farm so like i've i've been surrounded by those kind of people and There is, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a, there's definitely a tactfulness to it and they can, man, dude, they, they know, like, you know, as soon as you walk up to the door, you're like, oh gosh, this person's got me pegged ready. Like they know exactly who I am. So (laughs) it's good stuff.
0: Yeah. I I found too, you know, like we kind of got a specialty crop here, blueberries and, you know, like Michigan has a fruit belt that a lot of people don't know of, you know, especially along the West side, that sandy acidic soil, just it's from South Haven to Traverse city is just full of it. And, you know, you go to the middle of Wyoming and people don't get fresh blueberries there. You know, there's not a blueberry farm within 500 miles, you know, in Oregon there is. But, um, you know, like like when you bring something special like that, whether, say you're like, a lot of people I know bring like salmon fillets out from the Big yeah. Lake. Out, out in areas, you know, lot, some people don't get fresh salmon. I mean, yeah, you can get it from Walmart, but who knows where it came from. Yep. But, you know, just like little gifts like that. And, you know, if they enjoy it, you keep bringing it back. People don't forget that stuff. Instead of just saying, oh, yeah, you can go hunt my property, you always just bring something to them, help them out. You know, in Illinois, I helped the guy chop firewood in the middle of the day if I'm not hunting, you know, I'll be like, let's go chop some firewood let's get some stuff done, you know, and I think he appreciates that kind of thing. And it kind of locks you in on that property Mm -hmm. for for a good time, you know, because you're willing to do a little extra, you know?
1: Yeah, I have a buddy that they, he, so before Onyx really was as popular as it is, he went around and just called people in Missouri and um, he got in touch with a guy that was like in charge of watching and taking care of a lot of different properties for other people. and he went down there the first time hit it off that guy so now every year they go there they pull a camper down they stay with the guy it's just like a big hangout for for them and for him so like they yeah. always you know cook good food when they're there and a good hangout and the dude just lo- it's it's deer camp for him you know yeah. and when we go out i i've been out to north dakota a couple times pheasant hunting and i went with some older gentlemen who've been going for years and the one guy would bring fresh honey every time like a whole bunch of honey and he would go to all of his farmers he had permission and he just if they weren't there he'd leave the honey at the door you know like and these guys had thousands of acres they could pheasant hunt because of that and it's there's something to it and like even if i was like my father-in-law he you know he let guys goose hunt one year and he was like he's like they're like well what can you know they were really good kids i'm actually friends with like the guy through like i've talked to him a few times but he had the approach of hey you're, what would you like and the guy you know kind of got to know him a little bit and then the next day they hunted like in the morning and either that morning than that night they dropped off a little care package at the door with a nice thing saying hey appreciate it here's a picture of what we shot you know that's cool like yeah. if you want to be serious about this mm-hmm. this is another conversation i like i have with people like if you're serious about hunting and getting access and doing all these things you kind of have to just go over and beyond and be creative and like I'm serious about this. Like I, I, this is something I enjoy for me and my family and all that kind of thing. So what can I do to make it, you know, put the odds in my favor and put the extra effort and that goes, does go a long way. And it sounds like you're in the same mindset. So I
0: I might have to use the blueberry trick now. (laughs) dude. you you might dude, stop down and get some, you go like a shed hunt or something this spring and we got frozen ones too. Just get a hold of it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's weird, you know, how, how they're, their whole mentality changes when you're like, hey, yeah, I'm a blueberry farmer. Um, We got some blueberries in the truck. You want some, They're like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess you can guys go hunt out here for a few days. You yep. know, like, it's just, like, it's weird how it just clicks sometimes. And sometimes it doesn't, because it, that's like you were saying, if you got to go beyond above and beyond, because it is harder to get access now. I mean, everything's leased. I mean, everything. I mean, to, to have a piece of land, you don't want to lose it. So take care of the people that let you hunt it. Because, you know, I know Michigan's probably even harder to get access in, but out west, it seems a little bit easier. But you, you, you definitely got to put your time in and and respect the people and then eat the meat, you know, like show that you enjoy it. You know, I tell, I show them pictures of my son and his favorite steak is deer steak, you know? And it, you know, it's, it's like a wholesome thing, you know, like not only am I getting to get a trophy possibly or whatever may be, but I also get to eat the thing. And it's kind of cool when I can come back home and say, Hey, want to try this elk from Colorado you want to try this mule deer from you know Wyoming you know it's like it's like it's just cool you know I just mm-hmm. I love it all I love it so much you know that's and lifestyle man it is that's it's the a, hunter like lifestyle, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. yes it is and it's way I wish everyone would experience it you know and and you know not everybody can hunt but uh but I get a lot of I give a couple deer to families that just love deer but they don't have anybody that hunts so i take does out and uh yep. you know i shot i shot a doe with my son um let's see it was last weekend um and that was honestly my favorite hunt of the year because he tracked it and That's you nice. know up yeah, because he's, he's at
1: the age being five years old like yeah. so henry you know he kind of got thrown in the fire when he was younger because my wife was in master's school so like she was buried in a book if she wasn't at school or clinical or whatever so like if i wanted to hunt i had to take him with me so three years old you know he was in the blind playing with his toys and like you know a lot of times he was just there we were you know i just wanted to get out and hunt so we made it work but now that he's seven but the lat like i bet four or five years old that dude can track deer so good yeah. because he's done so many of them that a lot of times i let him lead just because he can oh, yeah. see stuff really well and it kind of like you know i i stand at blast blood and he kind of looks around and find, oh yeah here's some dad here's some dad and i'm just like man dude was i then i then my dad would be like yeah you're just like that when you were four years old you know like yeah. so it's kind of cool to have that generations of that but you're gonna have your hands full here because henry, so, henry shot his first deer this year and he he loved going hunting like he wasn't there'd be some days I'm like hey dude we're going like he's like oh really dad i'm like yeah we're, we're going because you know if i'm gonna hunt you have to go with me kind of a thing and then he always liked watching me shoot stuff and then he never really wanted to shoot one um i was i was completely content waiting until he was like 10 years old or something i thought maybe that's what it was going to be and
0: mm-hmm. then
1: all of a sudden this summer something went went on inside him and he's like i want to go dad so then there was a few things in my head that like, i had to make sure he could handle the gun right I had to get him a nice yeah. tripod so he could stand up behind it he had to be safe with his 22 and do like all those things yeah. he checked all his back went from like no desire to shoot a gun to like all of a sudden like i'm doing this and just was like all right he's definitely ready and uh yeah now he's uh now like now that he shot a deer he like cause we I, I watch a lot of youtube hunting videos and stuff like that at night before bed or we take turns or whatever and he uh he's been picking some hunting videos to watch you know cuz he he's yeah. like, well, i think and he shot 7 points this year so he's like dude i think i'm going to shoot 8 point next year you know he's already like doing those kind <laughs> yeah. of things but yeah I, and if he starts shooting a bow here and you know pretty quick i mean probably by the time he's 10 or 11 he can probably shoot a bow i'm yeah. going to be really like yeah, full time guide is what's probably
0: going to be for sure. That's the way it should be, though, right? I <laughs> yep. mean, I've I've gotten enough game in my life. I'm pretty satisfied, even now. You know, I won't stop doing it, but I'm totally ready for that transition to mm-hmm. just just show my son what what i've done and and how to do it you know and he's shooting a little bow right now and he's not efficient with a gun yet he shoots bb gun in 22 but nothing i I don't trust him in in that aspect to to kill an animal yet but he's you know he's watched me shoot a couple turkeys in the spring and loves sitting with me and snacks so i'm 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 good glad to hear that that you know that seven year old mind might change even more so you know from mine because he's just a little dude but you know, like you were saying, he was—they're good at tracking. I mean, they're lower to the ground. They're yep. focused. You know, they're not watching an iPad or something like that. Like they're focused when you get them to do something, mm-hmm. and, and he—he—he's really good at it. So he—I—I'm—I'm I'm hoping for the best for him. He's gonna be, gonna be killing stuff here soon. So yeah, he's gonna follow the tradition, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> yeah. I think as long as you, you know, it's always that thing. Like you don't want to force. It's the same thing as like a parent for like playing sports. Like you don't want to be that guy that lives through his son because we've all grew up with parents who were like that with their kids and their kids may have had like really like a lot of talent and then they kind of fizzle out because their parents were maybe too hard on them or try to force something or like that's the last thing i want for my kid is that i want him to kind of like live this lifestyle because he enjoys it he finds happiness in it and obviously he's going to like what dad does for a certain extent because you know i mean they're best buddies at this age i mean that might change down the road but so it's really cool to see that and like take that approach and you know he might also one year be like you know dad i'm good i don't want to shoot a deer and i'm gonna be okay with that right but, i mean i don't want that but you have to kind of no. like go ebb and flow with it and give them good opportunities and you have to like there's that it's a little different when they're that young though because like i could not gun hunt i'm assuming you two until we were 14. yeah you know go hunt when you're 12. so by that time like like my dad was just like, dude, go climb that tree. Good luck. You know, like kind of like, that's how he was with me. Or, you know, you can sit with me during gun, you know, opening day gun hunting. And he would, you know, tell me if I could shoot the deer, that deer's that far, you know, he was, he was helped. But then after like one time, he's like, yeah, you can go sit by that tree or you get this blind and have fun, you know, and then now it's like, well, I have a a kid that isn't, he can handle a gun. Well, he knows the safety, he knows how to aim. He shoots target well. But it's like you kind of have to like do a lot more for him you know and it's yeah. like at what point in time there's like that balance between like doing enough for him but also just letting him do his thing mm-hmm. and uh, he shot he shot he was gonna shoot something and i was like hey you want me to like a deer was moving or something and uh it was running in i stopped it but like he didn't quite swing the gun far enough so i was like hey you want me to move the gun for you and he just looks at me he's like dad if i'm gonna do this i'm doing it myself and I'm like, Oh yes, sir. You know, okay. Like, yeah. you know, but yeah. that's just all right.
0: reading your kid, you know, and doing that. So it can happen quick, but all right, before yeah, we get too no, far. Yeah. That's good to hear though. You know, I think you're right. I've listened to like parenting, like um, podcasts and everything, and you know, and you hear a lot of hunters talk about, you know, exposing their kids to it. And I think you're right. Like expose them to it, but like, don't drive it so far home where they get sick of it. Just like the sports thing. Yeah. You know, I think, I think you just got to make sure it's always in their life, but You know, don't burn them out. You know, while they're young, and and uh, see if it clicks with them eventually, like I did with me. You know, and and like you said, if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's fine. Well, if he likes golfing, I'll go golfing with him. You know, it's fine.
1: That's a great point. Like, just because your kid may not be like super involved in it, that doesn't mean you just like don't spend quality time with your kids still. Like, because my I'm the oldest of six kids, and me and like half of us hunt, half of us don't. Kind of a thing. And then like I'm the only one that bow hunts. So, like, gun season is the only time my other siblings do hunt with us. But my dad, you know, he took every kid out with him, you know, gave him all the opportunity in the world to, you know, shoot deer and do that kind of thing. But then the kids that don't hunt, he still does. Like, my sister, she, you know, does play or whatever. Maybe my dad's always there. Like, she's got a play thing. He goes there and sees that. He's supporting her in that way. When obviously when I was hunting with him, it was really easy for him to be like, yeah, let's go hunting. Like that's good quality time. So you still have to yeah. make time for that. But as long as you're not selfish, I mean, I think that's kind of a point You how you started it. It's like, okay, we kind of got our lives set up in the way that we love hunting and we love being outside. But we're also like, that doesn't mean just because we don't have much to do in October that we hunt every day of October. Like we're taking care of the family and doing those things. And that's the balance you learn as you get older and mm-hmm. I do know there's some years that I probably did push the envelope a little too much. And <laughs> I, and it's like, you look back on the year, it's like, well, I really didn't gain anything from doing that. And you have to kind of learn, but I think as I, I'm hoping by the time, like I'm in my forties, I'm going to have the soul just dialed in. Then I'm going to be like, yep, this time of year, I'm going to do this, this and this. And then we're going to go on this little thing with the family and, you know, yep. maybe I'll be out of the hot water as often as I get in it sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hear you about it just the way life works you know you gotta you gotta win that time to to get your time you know yep. and and it's a good balance i think it's what a good person should do you know and yeah you know, I, I was selfish when i was younger but i also didn't have a kid you know it was yep. like i'm gonna do whatever i want so it changes you a lot when you're a parent you know and i think it's for the better so but you can still be successful even though you're a parent oh, yeah. that's the thing
1: like i do know people who have kids and they completely just abandon their hobbies Yes. you know and that might and that they might do it like to the extreme where they don't even do anything You right. know i just kind of had to like say i'm going to focus most of my attention on hunting and that's mm-hmm. going to be like my one big hobby i do um you know instead of maybe having four hobbies you have two hobbies or you only have one but like i know a lot of my buddies who just completely give up on all the cold turkey like if i look at their life it's like yeah they have a you know they have a nice family but are they really like they're kind of missing out on their like their hobbies and i think over yeah. time It's not good for a guy to like not spend time outside, or like it's kind of like a um, like you said, we talked about earlier. It's a lifestyle. So like, if you just also change your lifestyle, like, you know, those dudes are like, oh gosh, I wish I could go hunting. Like, I wish I could do that. Well, how is that healthy for you? You know what I mean? Like, because it's a very attainable thing. You just got to like be responsible. Like, like we went back to, if you're serious about this, you'll make it happen. And to an extent, you know, and you can be a good dad, you can be a good husband, and all these things, and still kill deer, or mm-hmm. spend time outside and do that kind of thing. So that's right. Like really and you big. don't
0: have to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on a hunt. You know, some people are like, I want to go elk hunting, but, well, oh, it's eight ten thousand dollars to do a guided elk hunt. It's like, man, you don't have to, like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you realize how much public land is out there or, you know, and you just do it yourself once, even if you don't go too far. I mean, you buy the tag and you drive out there and you camp. I mean, it's not that expensive. So it, you you're hunting some of the same ground the guides do. You yep. Know? It's it's not it's not, you know, undoable. That's for sure. So you just gotta set your mind to it and and do stuff. You know. Yep.
1: Wear high school T-shirts so you can buy Sitka.
0: That's, know, right. That's, like, <laughs> that's right. I love that. <laughs> uh, so okay, let's
1: roll into your deer season now a little bit. So yeah because you, you just did the two elk hunts right did you mule deer hunt this year or did you just i did hunt?
0: not yeah i uh i think i'm gonna leave that property alone um they had a spout of ehd and winter kill out there and the deer numbers are way down so um probably not maybe next year i'm gonna get my dad out there but we got antelope too antelope okay. um out there too so we can probably draw both tags with the point system but um but no i got back from wyoming i took like a week off just a chill out you know but then that October 20 some was coming around I'm like about time to get after in Michigan um they started showing up in fields we're still doing a lot of work out in the fields and all my cousins are like you're showing up this and that I got it in the tree stand and you know as successful as I sound I actually kind of had a rough year and I'll tell you why because the first buck I was a buck I had all like probably the most um on-camera buck that was mature enough for me to shoot. Um, I got a chance at him, and I hit him low. I, I must've nicked a branch and I hit him low and um, nice big eight point, probably like 125 inch eight point. You know, and when I say I'm shooting nice deer in Michigan, I mean, most of them are 110 to 135 inches. I haven't really got anything much bigger than that in, that in Michigan, but um, but every year you have year, a I, genetic, you have a really good genetic pocket to get over 135 inches.
1: You like, do, and
0: you know, so it's like if I see a 125 inch deer in Michigan, I'm I'm shooting it every year for what <laughs> I for what what I hunt. You know, I mean, this isn't you know some property that's managed super well, and a lot of other hunters are around. So if I see it, that might be my only chance to get a deer that size. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I did, I hit, I hit one low. Um, I was bummed. Um, we, we saw him a month later, so he's fine. Um, but I'm like, what am I doing? What's going on here? You know? And then, um, let's see about, Oh, were you questioning yourself? Because do you
1: feel like you messed up in the shot sequence or like, did you feel like you weren't on your game or why did it bother you so much? You think?
0: I rushed it. I should have waited because okay. he was coming through. And I had been, you know, I, I didn't shoot any does earlier in the year just to get that confidence built back up. And I've shot a pile of deer. I don't even know how many deer I've shot, but, um, a lot. And, um, and I just, it bothered me a bit. And so I went and shot my bow like every day, you know, and I'm like, ah, you must've hit a branch. And, um, I just rushed it, you know, sometimes it's best to just be patient, you know, and Mm -hmm. if you don't get the shot, you don't get the shot. And, um, so thankfully that deer is alive and well, as far as I know still. And then on Halloween I was at work and I blow out irrigation in all our fields. So, I'm kind of riding around when the main's blowing out and I just check fields, you know? So this this isn't your typical hunt, I guess, like out of a tree stand and strategizing and trail cameras and all this stuff. (laughs) I literally saw them cutting the corner across this um, road and I'm like, there's going to push deer into one of our farms. I know there's going to be deer in that farm. So I drove around and, um, sure enough, there's like three or four does bedded and a really nice eight point. And, um, I drove the truck to the end of the field. I glassed them for a little bit and I just walked down to the edge, the edge of the blueberry field and waited for a while just to let it simmer down, got the wind right. And, um, I shot him at 43 yards down the blueberry row and I came Big. out, he was looking the other way, you know, So and, you poked around the corner and there he was laying in the blueberry lane? Yeah. The blueberry bushes, I mean- we have small ones and we have ones. Yeah, because they're
1: all different sizes. Like when I yeah. drive out that area, there'll be some
0: there like taller than you, and then there's some that are yeah. like your knee high only. Yeah, we got we grow twenty-three different varieties. So I mm-hmm. mean, even uh even the bushes themselves that look different. You know, yep. there, there's some that are more barky. There's some that are more bushy. Um, but you know, this field specifically, they were about six, seven foot tall bushes. So you can kind of get away with hunting them. Where you can just look down a row, and I lay down yep. on my belly a lot and I glass them with that by now. It's just a because I'm kind of picky about what bucks I want to shoot. Yeah. And but I didn't even have to go down a row. I literally on the end of the field, I'm looking down and this deer's just standing next to a doe and leave her And I shot him, and he went about 20 yards and fell over dead. And it was Halloween. And it eight <laughs> inches. It yeah. Eight let's inches. Say there's a bunch of snow, right? Yeah. It was wild. So um that was a big one i I rough scored him i don't really care about score that much i just want to shoot more mature deer but he was like 132 inch um eight point dang so that's a good, pretty eight good point pretty good good for michigan you know for our mm-hmm. area and uh i was super happy with him you okay, know so was, did you shoot him laying down
1: was he laying down You shot him no, or did he, he stand he up
0: he was standing yeah he was okay. standing.
1: yeah gotcha so if they dude how did you i've i've you know i had a buck in illinois that I spotted when I was driving my truck, I was going to this huge piece of like it was public oh. land, but it was like a I don't know, it was called something, but there was like a road system all through it. And I saw this buck laying on top of this hill in like CRP grass. I just saw the antlers as I was driving by. And I was like, okay. And I was like, as I'm like making the stock, I didn't know if he was still there or not, because I had to I didn't know where I could park. Like I had a couple things I had to do. But as I'm like, I'm climbing up this hill, I'm like, okay, if he's laying down, like where am I going to put this arrow? Like, you know, you're kind of like, it's just a new yeah. thing. Like, I've never done that before. And then, yeah. you know, watching whitetail adrenaline, you know, watching how they uh, they shoot deer laying down. It's like, man, I should probably, like, think about that a little more often because mm-hmm. there has been opportunities where I've gotten down. And, like, there used to be, like, oh, you see deer off in the distance. It's, like, kind of like, ah, man, I, I was in the wrong spot. But, like, in the rut, there, I mean, I think you could have a very good game plan on getting down and sneaking up on deer. Even of was small properties, and like may make a move on when they're bedded, but yeah, I was yeah. like, I was really intrigued where you hit him if he was laying down. But at least he sounded like he stood up, and you were able to make a great shot.
0: Yeah, I I smoked him, and you know, in the past, I mean, ten years, I every deer I've literally saw fall. So I kind of got used to that, you know, mm. where I'm like, wow, man, I'm just a killer. But like I said, <laughs> this this year it was rough. I hit the one, and then when you were what you were just saying with him laying down. I ended up getting a shot at one on November 6th down on Blueberry Road, and um, I stalked up to him. He was with like three other deer, and these were shorter bushes, and I shot, and I hit another branch, and I hit him in the face. Oh, gosh. Awful. Awful. I mean, I, I I was so mad at myself. I'm like, why did I take that shot? I'm trying to force an arrow when I shouldn't. Mm. So, you know, it, it was it was not not good, but we ended up finding that deer um, four miles away in my cousin's. Prop field, and he was. We had to put him out. He was still a little bit alive, but he suffered, and that, yeah. that really bothered me. I kind of learned a lot this year. I'm like, man, I, I gotta really just the past. Like I was saying, the past few years, I've I've been real deadly, but it's like all of a sudden I get a couple bad shots here. I gotta I gotta take my time a little bit and um you know respect the animal a little bit more because I took some a couple risky shots this year and I shouldn't have. Yeah. You know, thank God we found him and he's and he's dead now, not suffering, but. Um, but it happens if you hunt long enough and, um, That's such you know, an interesting was, thing though. Right. I mean, yeah. cause I've
1: had the same thing happen. Like, you know, like this year I missed two deer. I clean missed one buck and then five days later I hit a buck that I ended up killing in November. I just barely nicked them, you know, like right on top of the back. Yeah. And, uh, even though like, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, I've, I haven't killed like a hundred deer, but I'm probably pretty close. Um, yeah, or at least no 50 ish for sure. I've shot like 50 deer um and it's like i it's like every year is almost a new year sometimes like it's like you gotta like remind yourself like be in the moment and the one shot was like a 45 yard shot which i've killed deer i've killed coyotes at like almost 60 yards like Mm -hmm. i mean i don't i try not to shoot that far but like if i i've always kind of told myself if it's the right i have criteria if they're over 30 yards i hit them with a range finder so then i use a single pin so i can go right to the exact yardage um, cause I feel like if I'm going to shoot over 30 yards, I have to have enough time to, you know, range them, get them stopped or whatever. And then if I shoot in a field, it's like, I want their head to be up. I don't want them looking at me. I don't want it to stop them. And every one of those circumstances, I didn't stop them or nothing. And the one deer was like 27 yards and he dropped like a foot and a half. Yeah. And then the buck I shot at 40 yards dropped like a foot. Um, so I'm, now I'm like, it's like, you got that head game going. It's like, dude, what? Yeah. I mean. I've shot does standing at 43 yards and you shoot and they don't even move and you just smoke city them so yeah. i was really like questioning like i was in the i was in the dumps I, october 10th i was like dude i'm suck like what am i doing and uh yeah. and then you know i shot a buck the 22nd 20 I, I i i kept telling myself i just need like a really nice 20 yard broadside shot like and i'm getting it smoked them great um and then i shot my second buck at 14 yards so it's like you know it's like you you think you're only gonna get that one opportunity you know because you're so used to only having like one good i always kind of tell everyone like i'll either see i'll get one chance a year and that might only be seeing them like i might not even have them in bow range but i feel like i get one chance a year so i think i put so much pressure on when i do finally see that deer that i've almost like let it cloud my like my vision or cloud my judgment a little bit because it's like, well, I shoot every day so I can shoot a great group at 60 yards, like 40 yards. I'll shoot them. And you kind of almost like get too confident. And I think that it's, it's good to get humbled, I guess, once in a while, but
0: uh, you do, I, it was, it was a good reset for me, you know, like saying, Whoa, like start shooting your bow a little bit more, take your time. Don't be forcing arrows when you, when you think you can do something because, you know, it, it the last thing you want to do is wounded deer you know it, it's just the way it happens sometimes though but yeah no i, I mean, mean hitting branches though i lot. mean like
1: that's the thing like you hit a branch and i have i think i may have only hit a branch one time that i know of and yeah. it's like that it's kind of like that thing like um uh do you how much do you really beat yourself up on it's like well that's why i wanted to ask you what you felt like you did because you've been doing this long enough you have a good intuition of what's going on and i think slowing yourself down in the moment that's good for everyone that's you know bow on like yeah. and maybe you could have had that if you had taken that little bit of extra time maybe you'd have seen that branch or maybe you could have nice. got five yards closer if you're stalking them or whatever it may have been um but there is a there's a fine line between having to make it happen in the moment too you know because sure. you if you wait too long or something your opportunity may just walk away so I think that's that constant, a little dude on your shoulder, like, you need to shoot this deer, you need to shoot this deer, you need to shoot this deer. Yes. And then the other guy, like, wait for a better shot, wait for a better shot. It's like, well, sometimes you just don't get that better shot. Sure. But uh, and, but then and that's you, what you, you get yep. rushed, and, you know, it,
0: it's just just got to slow things down a little bit and think about it, you know?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a cool story, though. I mean, you hit a buck and get them four miles later on your cousin's property. I mean, that's Four miles crazy. away. Yeah. I mean,
0: he, he was, you know, I don't think he could eat well and it was, uh, or drink just, he was rotting like crazy. And, uh, you know, he was pretty depleted. It was, it was kind of sad to see it, to be honest, but, um, I was just happy that I knew what happened to him and he didn't suffer yeah. too long, you know? And that was a nice 10 point real thick, probably a three-year-old yeah, I would say
1: for um, sure. Like, I would say both your bucks were three and a half and older, I would say for sure. Yeah,
0: but I think the the eight point in Michigan, the first one was a four-year-old. Um, and I weigh all my deer, too. We have a scale at the farm. Okay. So I'm always curious on uh, weight. And, you know, usually they're all, like, 150 to 200-pound range, field dressed. Yep. And uh, so, like, whenever somebody's like, oh, yeah, I shot a 250-pound deer, I'm like, I'll look at it. I'm like, man, I weigh, like, every deer. Like, I usually know you know mm-hmm. i'm usually within 15 pounds or 10 pounds of, of what it actually is just because i've seen so many yep. but um but yeah no it was it was a great season i i messed up you know and i learned a lot from it and you know, i'm just going to shoot my bow more next year and try to pick my uh my timing and and if that happens again down in blueberry rows and fields and we'll uh we'll make it better and you know yeah go it's from there.
1: quite a unique experience so like you can being able to have the opportunity in michigan to shoot a deer on the ground like that yeah. you know like that's not a common spot no. to be in and the deer i have stocked up on so like illinois i did a two circumstances where i was on the ground kind of going after bucks like the adrenaline like is a whole different game plan like yeah there's yeah. so much more going on and i'm sure you kind of experience i mean i'm sure it's similar to hunting elk when this elk's coming in you're on the ground so maybe you can control it a little bit but it's the whole different animal when you're on the ground trying to stalk up out of deer, opposed to being in a tree waiting for them to come to you. So, right. yeah, that definitely is. takes experience.
0: Yeah, it's fun, you know, and I've I've gotten good at it. You know, shooting them with a gun down a, a blueberry row is definitely easier, but they just aren't really out there as much during the gun seasons. I mm-hmm. found, you know, so it's you know when I get that that time window to actually check some fields and do that. And don't get me wrong, I like I'd rather shoot them out of a tree stand and be in a tree stand, but if uh, if I'm not don't got a hot spot going on i'll I'll check some fields and i'll put a stock on them and yeah it's a whole different beast and half the time it's midday you know it's not even like they're laying down for the day you know Mm -hmm. so it's definitely definitely unique to to do that Um, it's when they got a doe i mean that's what you're
1: talking about they're they're pushing a doe into a spot for the the first dough that comes to asterisk late october and then you got those early november I mean, how many, I bet everyone listening to this podcast that's hunting Michigan has seen a buck at some point in their life in the middle of an egg field with yep. a doe. It's like, yep. it's 1.30 in the afternoon and that big buck is laying in the middle of that hay field, 300 yep. yards off the road, 100 yards off the road, not woods in sight. And yep. they're doing that same thing, but you happen to have a little cover with those blueberry bushes.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, it'd be impossible <laughs> in the middle of a cornfield with a bow, you know, but the, yep. the little bit of cover in them blueberry fields, man, it just, it just works out that way, so you know? Sweet. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so roll
1: us into your Illinois hunt then.
0: Yeah, you got so, one in Illinois too. So yeah, I, I went down to Illinois and I, I hunted public down there quite a bit. Um, I went down to a private piece I have. The guy owns a hundred acres, but I hunt. It's two parcels, so he hunts. I hunt up on his forty-acre piece because I like it. Just there's just bedding areas on each side of it. And uh, old retired coal miner guy. I stay in his three seasons room. It's like you know, I bring, I bring them blueberry bushes, you know, and, and like, I just help him out. He calls me like every month. Hey, how's it going? How's the weather? Blah, blah, blah. And And uh, I go down there and I knew it was going to be good. And uh, I drove, I, I left real early in the morning. I dropped my son off from school and uh I drove down. I, I got to get down there. And I figured I'd be there like two or three in the afternoon. I'm like, I got to get in the stand. I mean, I didn't even stop for gas. I mean, I can make it down there on one tank. I was like peeing in a bottle and everything while I was driving. <laughs> you know, I was like, I am not stopping. So I got down there and uh, thank God there's no one that hunts his property at all. Like he leaves it alone and uh the corn was still standing but he and he was one of the last pieces down there that had corn standing and it's not they're not big fields they're like eight ten acre corn fields are not big but it's all parceled out and there's hay fields and it's like smaller scale size fields and um I've, i've killed quite a few nice deer down there over the years and um i showed up and uh literally went nine foot up in a stand. I mean I could almost touch my stand because just the way the canopy is in the in the woods there, I don't want to go too high. I can't see. And um I sat and um I saw like four bucks. You know, I hadn't seen like this many deer in one sitting in like the whole year. And uh sure enough I read right about 20 minutes before dark I seen this decent buck coming across the field. First night down there. was first night there. And uh I mean Two, three hours into a sit, you know, and this thing comes all the way across this uh, hayfield and I'm like, oh, wow, he's whiter in his ears. I'm like, here we go. You know, I'm like, I can't believe it because I've done this like four times where I've shot a deer on the first day I've been there. And I swear it's the pressure, you know, like this guy just mm-hmm. he's like he, he literally was like, I'm not cutting firewood. I'm not doing anything up there for three weeks before you come down like and he just just it just set up well you know and i shot him at about 21 yards i hit him a little bit quarter two and he ran out into the middle of hayfield and stopped and i'm like fall over fall over and i'm like oh no and he walked away real slow i'm like god i thought i smoked him found my arrow found blood but i decided i better just wait till morning and um went out there in the morning and and he barely made it to the other side he was on the edge of the field nice 10 point um you know score wise probably 125 130 inch deer so, so you know and that and it's southern illinois it's not like your golden triangle area where everybody's shooting monsters um the biggest buck i've ever seen down there is by 150 inch deer yep. you know I've so, will plenty of them in the 140 range down there too but um but if i see one about that size i'll i'll take them you know down there and
1: i agree that's kind of where i was southern illinois and we talked to a bunch of people on the public and talked to you know neighbors and other people hunt and they're like yeah if you see a 150 that's like that's the top five percent yeah so it is it is and like i and i drove like there was a couple nights where i like scouted and then I was like, you know what? It's an hour before dark. I'm going to just drive and hit as many of these fields next to cover as I can. And about the biggest deer i seen was probably like mid-140s, almost 150. And that was mm-hmm. on private too. So I think you're right. Like that area is kind of like, I mean, yeah. there's there's not as good of lane, Like there's yeah. acorns, but there's not much, like you said, there's not huge egg fields and there's not. You know, it's warmer. The, the bodies are smaller, so I mean, a one fifty looks really big down there. You know, because oh, yeah. their bodies aren't as big, but yeah, it's still a fun hunt though. Oh, it's, it's so
0: much fun! I just love having that that piece to go to, and it's cheap. You know, I just buy a tag mm-hmm. and I stay with the guy, and you know, it's it just works out well. I found little little honey holes kind of all over the mm-hmm. country. You know, mm-hmm. then I got back, and uh, it was uh, gun season here, but I was tagged out in Michigan. So I just help other people kind of get some deer and dinking around. And then I, I drew a, um, a gun tag in Illinois too. And I've never gone on a whitetail hunt with a gun. So I was kind of like, all right, I'm just going to try something totally different. So I looked up this huge piece of public in Illinois and I'm like, I'm just going to go get lost and learn something new. I try yeah. to do that like every year, just try something different instead of getting stuck in my ways and hunting the same blueberry fields or hunting the same property. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to try something different every year just to learn a little bit more. And I went down there and drove down there, like left at like two o'clock in the morning. Um, got down there a day, it was the day before the season opened. And I just scouted, I just walked. I'd never been there before. I did have a buddy that hunted there one time. So I did get some on pins, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. To check out, just to minimize it a little bit. And that helps huge, you know, when yep. you have just a little bit of information to just avoid some areas and check out some areas. And I just walked all day, the first, the day before. And I saw quite a few uh, bucks, not nothing big, like maybe 110 inch eight point I seen um, but I noticed there was guys rolling in on public down there like big time. I'm talking holy smokes. Like there's truck after truck after truck. I'm like, it's going to be busy day tomorrow. So I pinpointed this one spot where I figured guys would go. And there's little like ponds and lakes around. And I, there's just thick, tall grass and uh, like Prairie grass and uh, swamp grass, like that elephant grass, mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, it's just everywhere. Thousands of acres of it. Yep. And I'm like, all right, well, the guy goes here, he's probably gonna be here. The guy's gonna go. They're gonna push them all into this area. And I just said, all right, well, I kind of know where to go. I can get in that opening and if there's guys on all sides they're going to be in there because it just diverts the deer around these lakes and stuff yep i mean it's just it's just like a, it's a train feature right i mean you're yeah, the water a, a train feature. feature yep yeah and so i use that pressure to your advantage you know like because you know what's going to be there you can't just be like i'm going to have the best spot in the world you got to kind of manipulate it you know to the point where you know where the deer are going to hide and i went and sat in the morning and i saw like 11 deer. Nothing big, and I just shifted down for the for the evening hunt, and um, sure enough, right before dark, I saw. Uh, well, actually, it was funny because I was sitting in like a CRP field, and I hear crunch, crunch, crunch behind me. Uh, the buck I sh- end up shooting was ten feet behind me. It was windy. He's just staring at me like ten feet away. I tried to swing my gun to shoot him, and he ran off. I'm like, oh, are you serious? Oh, but he man. went into he went into these uh these like cattails along the lake and I'm like he's in there and there's a big loba of of woods I'm like he's gonna come back out at some point there's does all around in the CRP so I belly crawled like 300 yards down because I figured he would he would go in and come out not come out go in or come out where he went in at yeah and uh sure enough 30 minutes before dark I'm like there he is you got to be kidding me you know coming out sniffing those does Yep. And I ended up shooting about like 120 yards, like 140 inch ten point Dang. on public, public land in Illinois. You know, I couldn't Sweet. believe it. I, so I was only down there for a day. You know, what are you? So I hunted. I hunted <laughs> in Illinois for like you know, I don't know, ten hours total, and I shot two nope. bucks.
1: So And you, hunted, get, and you yeah. hunted in Colorado the first day you shot out. First, like, yeah, <laughs>
0: opening day, man. You know, it's just like once
1: oh,
0: Yeah, so I, I really didn't you know do the grind this year. I didn't really have a grind, you know. I mm-hmm. I I didn't really hunt Michigan till the 20th of October anyway for deer. And uh so it's been pretty efficient on how many times I've gone out to how you, much I've You take I've those gotten. years when you can, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I I I'm not complaining. So That's awesome. What a good I mean,
1: like, like you said it was a really good year for you and but I do like how you like could have just been like oh yeah i smashed these deer but no you're you you said you know hey i I gotta learn you know kind of a thing and you had that and that's encouraging for me like because i went through that i've been through it lots like i know i know buddies who've you know hit deer not found them and it's just like you you just as a hunter it's just like that's the i know like i don't want to just justify oh it happens like oh you know stuff Mm -hmm. happens Deer move because it sucks man like you do all this effort and all this thing you you When you pull your bow back you're like yep i'm taking a life you know there's that pressure that responsibility and then when you do it it doesn't happen in a timely manner or you know yeah you feel good when a month later you get a picture of him but it took a month to know if he was alive or not and then you know this buck that you know was run down and not doing the grace because he was wounded which grand some of that was induced too but that's the last thing you want to do as a hunter so when these opportunities do come and you do it it's just like that's why i think this that rush of emotion hits you like henry was we were talking henry's like i'm like yeah i might try to shoot a dough you know and he's like well where are you gonna go and i was like i think i might use my bow but he's like yeah can you shoot with with the gun right now And i was like yeah but just something about shooting with a bow is just like yeah it's yeah. different because it's harder and it takes all that like when it works out and you watch that deal like you said 10 years of watching deer dump over is like yeah wow. like that is why we do it and then you get this so the next time you shoot a deer and it dumps over, you're probably going to lose your mind
0: more oh. than, you know, like you normally did. So. You ain't kidding, man. It's, God, I, I just love it. I love archery hunting. I love it. I love it all. I mean, I'm not against gun hunting either, no. but out of, I don't know, like I was saying, I I probably have killed a hundred deer. I bet you 75 of them were with a bow, you know, yeah. you know, and I used to shoot a lot of does too and, you yeah. know, and, uh, and all that, but I've been out of state a lot. I've been lucky to get out while i you know my all my 20s and 30s i've gone out west i don't know 12 times That's you know awesome. so it's it's definitely a lifestyle but
1: it is so now when you when you i want to ask you this when you're hunting out of state do you almost feel like there's less pressure to kill something when you go out of state or do you have like a lot of pressure to
0: kill one you know, not really, because I could I could go elk hunting and not kill anything. Yep. I just like being out there, you know. I just love being out there. I've been pretty successful, and when I do go, um, I've only not killed an elk on two elk hunts, and I've, every other elk hunt I've went on, I've killed an elk. Yep. So my percentage is definitely higher than than your average. But um, I, I was telling my buddy next year, you know, he might draw a first rifle tag. I said, I might just come with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. I don't have a tag. I can't draw that tag. But I'm like, I'll just go. I'll just pack out. I like just being there. Yeah, you know. And it just that something about that mountain air and stuff. And it's like your vacation. I, it like it literally it is, is like is my vacation, vacation.
1: You know, like I have. I feel like there's more pressure for me to kill a deer in Michigan than there is when I go to Illinois. Sure. Like I go to Illinois, I'm like, man. Like, yeah, I got money in this tag. You Might have money in a lease. Like, I'm taking time away from work, but like, I'm just down there just to like you said, learn as much as I can. Mm -hmm. if a nice one walks by and i'll be able to kill it like that's awesome but like i didn't like i didn't shoot have a nice buck or anything like i didn't shoot nothing in illinois you know but i'll do it again next year like i'll just spend five days walking around sweat my butt off just trying to find the right deer you know like there's something about that then i go to michigan it's like man like last year i didn't shoot anything uh buck wise i shot some does and i was like really beat myself up by the end of the year then i had to like reevaluate and be like you know what you had a good year still like you passed a lot of nice bucks that you were shot years past you know kind of going through and i kind of like reground myself and uh, it was really good it was really good for me and i took that approach this year and i think that's going to kind of be my my mo like still have a pressure to go after and have a good game plan but not like i really need to shoot one of these deer because i think then when that deer does come in I'm a little more like reserved. I'm not so amped up that like, oh my gosh, that's my target buck. I've had pictures of him for three years. Like, oh my gosh, I, he's finally showing himself and I just get too amped up. I'm going to try to just kind of yeah. roll with it and do it that way. Cause, <laughs> I know gosh, exactly I so what you mean.
0: Just, just go out there and have fun. And if, yep. if, you know, if it works out and you get one, you get one. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I love the wanderlust of of the hunting too. Like I, I've seen high alpine country i've seen cornfields in illinois i've seen blueberry fields i like i like like the different like views i get too every Mm -hmm. year and i think it kind of humbles you when you're like cool you know i'm not hunting the same stand every year or something like that i like like bouncing around you know it's just Mm -hmm. fun and like you said i could i could just go on a hunting trip and not even kill anything you know Mm -hmm. it's a good time you know even though it's nice to eat you know deer steaks at night but yeah (laughs) yeah you're like oh
1: yeah i did this says it's going on the, yeah. on the grill all yeah. right so i'm going to ask a couple personal things like gear and stuff because we're kind of going to wrap this up because i'm ass- sure. I'm assuming i'd love to have you on in future episodes to talk about yes. it because i think there's a lot of there's a lot of white tail tactics that you have and also out of state stuff that you can help guys with but so what's your mobile setup you've talked about mobile hunting nine feet off the ground what do you like
0: to use i actually don't have a saddle yet i haven't really Got into it yet? Um, I know a lot of guys are doing that, but I just use Lone Wolf. Um, I have a climber and I have a hang on like the Alpha. Yeah, one of those. You know, and I have never really had an issue with it. And once I'm, you know, I get back from out west, I'm carrying 80 pounds on my back or something. Um, like a 10 pound tree stand's like really nothing to me, and I'm not going that far, you know. Like yep. I'm hiking miles out there. I'm like. I just haven't got to the saddle. I'm not against it I'm definitely will pursue it at some point but I just for what I hunt right now I haven't really um needed to get into the saddle thing yet but I've heard good things you know so yeah I just use like lone wolf stuff if I'm hunting like the normal deciduous woods here in Michigan I can get up in a lot of trees with a climber too if I need to bounce around so I always bring the climber I don't use it all the time but um but i do that or i'll just sit on the ground like in a crp field or something i don't mind yep. doing that either i i'm 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 always open to adapt and, and try anything because you know i i just you know, a lot of like that public land down there that i hunted in illinois my buddy said don't go by trees he goes the deer don't go by trees mm. he's like i'm like all right well i had a gun so it was a little bit different but um that was the best advice he thank i think he gave me because he was right yeah so. we found that same
1: thing out in illinois too I'm gonna have drew my buddy he shot a buck uh when we were on our trip and there was not many good trees to sit in where he shot his buck so yeah there's something he said about that okay so you like to use that for your mobile setup what kind of bow do you use
0: i got a new one uh neck last year i'm not brand stricken on anything i usually just go shoot and whatever feels good i mean i shot a matthews for years i killed a pile of deer with that bow matthew switchback xt oh, yeah and then i went with a i had a Bowtech. RPM 360 for a while, a real fast hard cam bow. And I I started killing a lot of antelope and mule deer and I started long distance shooting um, a few years ago when I shot a lot. I mean, I'd shoot out to 100 yards for practice. And um, I I liked that bow, but it was a hard cam. And now I have a Hoyt um, RX-7 Ultra, the carbon one. So I, I like that bow and it's an 80 pound limb. I think it's cranked to like 84 pounds and work out Stick. and just tr- try to, and it's so smooth. I mean, that 80 pound bow is smoother than that Bowtech was at mm-hmm. 70. So I really enjoy shooting that bow. Um, I actually bought that a uh, Garmin bow site okay. this year. And yeah. I have a spa hog one I put on it. Um, if I, if it's a state you can't use them yep. in. Um, but I, I, I kind of like that Garmin. I've been messing with it, you know, and I was kind of, not sold on it right away but now that i've been shooting i'm like this thing's pretty sweet
1: Sweet. so yeah i uh, I have an rx7 ultra also and i really like that bow from the exact same thing you said i almost went with 80 pound limbs but i kind of i kind of went through the whole thing where i had so i have a torn labor on my shoulder that i've just been dealing with so like i it was really bad at one point in time so i dropped all the way down to like a 60 pound bow hated that like just my didn't like my arrow flight didn't like anything they had to do about it so then i've been taking care of myself a little better so now i'm shooting uh i got went back to a 70 i think it's like 72 or 73 pounds and every time i pull that bow back i'm like dude i could do this with, i could pull this bat bow back at 80 pounds no problem like it's yeah. such a smooth drawing bow but yeah i do like and then for the site i've been eyeing those sights too because i do like <laughs> a lot of things that have to do with it you know it's kind of a, a bigger price tag but it's like you can use it for a long time but mm-hmm. uh, i haven't quite pulled trigger on that yet i think uh yeah. i think it could be something i do one day but not quite yet um right. it's one of those it's that, it's that fine line between being uh being too much technology but also like when that deer's in range like you're going to be more effective and like you have your tags to punch and mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you still have to be in the right spot. You still have to pull your bow back. You still have to execute the shot, right. all that stuff. But, yeah, when you're having that ability to just be like, boop, and hit a button if you need to at that range would be pretty sweet.
0: It is. I, I agree with you on all that. It's like how far is technology going to go here, you know? like, mm-hmm. it is, But you still got to do it, and you still got to practice, and you still got to shoot it, and you got to get used to it. But, yeah, that price tag is ridiculous. I mean, some guys that just are kind of half hunting here and there, they look at the price of that and or even the carbon bow itself and they're like yeah. wow it's too much and it is it's, it's a lot of money but like i said you know i don't hardly fish anymore i, I put all my money into hunting when mm-hmm. i go and, and i like the the good stuff and that's just my lifestyle so I'll, I'll get i'll get the good stuff you know yeah, i'm not and, a gear snob but i'm kind of a gear snob yeah <laughs> that's what here. i tell same everyone here. Same here. i'm like yeah I, once i
1: find something i like i'll spend like i have a pair of brush pants okay yeah. Um, no, no shame. I have first light brush pants. I bought them. They're like 150 bucks, maybe more. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I, I don't really wear long johns. I don't really get that hot when I hunt. My legs don't. So I was so sick of wearing like these thick brush pants and I would just be dying in them. So I don't know if I got a thing in the mail. It was like 10% off. It was one of the first first light things I ever bought. I've been rocking those pants for four years, maybe five. This actually is my fifth year. Yeah. And I rabbit hunt with them almost every weekend after the first of the year. I bow hunt in them. I walk scout in them. I mean, I've walked miles in those pants. No holes in them. Still mm-hmm. great. Now, are they the best at stopping big, huge briars? No, but they get the job done. You know how many right. pairs of $40, $50 brush pants I would have been through in five years?
0: Five Probably pairs. A lot yeah
1: so like you know there is that fine line between if you use it enough it does pay for itself in the long run exactly so are you a fixed blade or a mechanical blade guy
0: i had fixed blades for elk this year um i had the iron wills um never got to kill anything with them but um i'm usually a mechanical guy for a whitetail i i I pull enough weight you know i'm shooting like a 500 grain arrow at 84 pounds dude you know, and I rotate. I, I'll try. I've killed a lot of deer with rages. I've killed deer with the mega meats, the dead meats, um, you know, grim reapers. Uh, I'm trying to think, jackhammers, wasp yep. stuff. I mean, I, 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 I've I, always just, all right, I want to see what this thing will do. And if you hit deer in the right spot, they're all good, you know. Yep so i i'm but you're know, at a good I, your
1: foundation's good though like that's what i always tell everyone they're like well, what do you like to do I was like well i love fixed blades like i do like i think fixed yeah. blades is just awesome but this year i used mechanicals because i couldn't quite get a fixed blade to fly right because i switched my arrows up shame on me i should have done this a little sooner but yeah. you know it was one of those things like you said i kind of like to tinker a little bit and like okay these arrows are a lot of money and I've used them for a few years, but like now it's the point where I only had like three of them left. It's like, do I buy those again or oh, these are right. on sale? <laughs> Let's try these. Well, now I know that like that higher price tag does mean a lot more to me. So I'll it be does. going to those. But yeah, I mean, I think as long as your foundation's right, you will the tune bow, like that round that 500 grain arrow, mm-hmm. it don't really matter what's on the front. Like, I mean, maybe like an excessive two and a half inch cut might not be the answer, but. You use right. like an inch and a half, two inch mechanical, and you
0: are a proficient guy. It's really tough to beat that. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it is. It's, I mean, especially on whitetails. Like, I, I've never had an issue with the penetration, you know, or anything like that. So, I don't know. It, I just go with what works and. Yep. And you know even though i did have trouble this year like i was saying with a couple miss hits on branches and stuff i mean i'm usually i'm usually watching a deer fall in my yeah. sight you know
1: fixed blades deflect too Like, I mean, that's that some guys will say, oh, you know, you can shoot through grass. Maybe you can with a fixed blade. Like, you can do some of those things. But I've watched plenty of videos of dudes skipping broadheads off of branches and they're using a a fixed blade. So, I mean, it you can maybe you can say whatever you want. I mean, it still comes down to like having that clear Mm -hmm. lane. Right. All right. So you like to shoot a hoy. I like that because I'm shooting a hoy. <laughs> you got a good size arrow. You're mobile. I mean, there's not really, I mean, the Garmin sight might be the only thing we kind of might be a little iffy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, <laughs> no. What, so now when you go, what's your, you're below the gun line. So are you a 450 guy or a 350 legend or yeah. what do you use for yeah. a gun?
0: You're gonna laugh at a uh, am I set up for that? Don't tell it's me it's kind of... <laughs> our Slug 20 gauge. No, it's not. It's a little pricier. It's a Christensen 450 Bushmaster, and I got a suppressor for it too. Sweet. So the thing does not move. It's wild, and. uh Yeah, it's, it's a tag driver. I can shoot like a two inch group at 200 yards with it. I have two signs and, uh, with the Barnes ammo, 250 grain and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm like, I want a really good rifle to, to, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have it forever. I don't need to buy another one. Like the 450 Bushmasters, you know, perfect for deer under, you know, 200, 250 yards at the most. I don't think I'd shoot further than that, but, um, but it's just a tag driver and it works. So, yeah so i actually bought
1: um i i had a ruger american ranch whatever i bought used yeah. five yep. years ago and great shooting gun on paper like i liked it there's a few things about it i wasn't a big fan of so i actually sold that and i bought the um, cva cascade 450. Yeah. i've, I've
0: which, heard of that good things about yeah
1: that. like I'm, i got a, i actually got a scope today for it so that's getting put on it um and then i got a silencer that i used on henry used on the 350 legend and I'm mm-hmm. gonna use that same silencer on the 450 because, like, I'm so blown away with how good that thing performs on the 350. I'm like, I need this on the 450. Like, right. shooting with those is nice. You got
0: the end cap on it, so it'll size up to the 450. That's yep, cool. exactly. It's nice to get. Yeah, if you're gonna buy a suppressor,
1: definitely yeah, buy one. hybrid.
0: Hybrid 46 I, is the one. That's I what got. I got. Yeah, same one I got. Yeah, definitely buy that if you like. You've got because suppressors are expensive you know and you gotta mm-hmm. wait for a while i tell a lot of guys that i said man just buy one and then just put it on different rifles whether yep. it, i mean you can still shoot a or your coyote gun ruger.
1: my yeah, shoot, ruger
0: it works on that yeah it's, it's fine great. it's not as tight you know the tolerance at the end but like uh it'll it'll still suppress the sound and it saves my
1: ears that's all i'm doing like you
0: can I'm, you can hear the bullet at 450 bullet hit the deer it's that's like, so wow. crazy it's yeah. weird
1: Henry shot his buck. We were in a blind. So, like, with the way the tripod is and where I had to have the gun set up, the barrel was, like, not outside the window. I mean, I was above the windowsill, you know, two or three inches. But if you, like, look down the wall, it was, like, in the blind a little bit. And uh, Ashley was hunting with us the night that he shot, and she was, like, like does that bear should that bear is it gonna be like really loud i'm like no it's not she's like really she's like should we have him plug his ears or i'm like no it, i'm telling you it's not that loud like you're gonna be blown away by this it's like and, a 22 yeah it's crazy that, and then you shoot that 350 legend without a suppressor on it, it's like dude my ears are just like you know forever and uh that suppressor on there henry doesn't need to plug his ears when we sighted in he doesn't mm. even like get scared by it like because you know when we were 14 shooting a gun we're like dang near adults you know like size like big booms were like nothing but when a kid's shooting a gun a big boom is like you know a lot more to a little body nope he just sits there and shoots it he's like man i love the kick dad like that's what he says because it just barely like does anything
0: but yeah yeah, that's a great investment for sure it is a good investment i think i'm gonna eventually get a 350 for my son too just a little less recoil and and probably just put that suppressor on another gun you know it it's fun you know it's it's kind of something to look forward to
1: Absolutely. So yeah, we're, we're on the same page. I like this. I do. Yeah, man. <laughs> so what are you, yeah. uh, do you use Exodus trail cameras?
0: That's I do not. Okay. Do come not. on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I just got some, I think I got the Tacticam one. Okay. Right nice. But I, you know, I'm always open to try new stuff. So yeah,
1: I've been using those. I don't know. I think I use whatever I could use for like SD cards. Like, I mean, I first bought those, it was like whatever was on sale. I just run a bunch of those. Um, and then I think it was probably listening to a podcast or someone had a 20% off. And I was like, I'll give Exodus <laughs> a try. And I've been pretty loyal to them for my, uh, cell cameras. Um, because the way the plan is me, and my dad always go have these on. If we buy 10 cams, we split it. You know, he owns five. I own five. We just use them wherever we hunt. Mm-hmm. They're a great camera. But like, I mean, dude, nowadays, I don't really know. I don't even know how much of a difference there is between one to the other, like technology is right. caught up, I think for everyone. So I
0: think so too. They've gotten good. The apps are just more mm-hmm. easy to use and everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm open to try them too. It's just, yeah. just gotta wait till I need more. I yep, got black yeah, Friday. I,
1: like, I buy them on black Friday. They black always Friday, a good sales. deal.
0: Yep. Which a lot of yeah. people do, but that's, that's
1: that thing. Well, man, dude, I think that's pretty much it. That's coming to my head for questions. Yeah. Um, are you, Oh, I do. So, I've asked a couple of my buddies this. So you kind of said you target, you know, three or four year old deer. Do mm-hmm. you find yourself getting to the point where you will pass those deer on your property? Man. Well, or what would it take for you to pass those deer? I guess that's kind of the the question.
0: I don't, I've shot enough of them now. I really should just start doing four year old enough. Cause I still shoot a lot of three year olds in Michigan. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think I'm almost there. I'm yeah i mean you can see my i see life. your wall you have a lot That's so Redict awesome <laughs> stuff. It, uh, you yeah. know it, it is i think you know i've hunted enough i've i i need to just try to go four year old and up in michigan now you know five year old man it's for around our area it's too populated now I, I don't think I could go that far. I really don't. But but I, I need hard. to maybe stop shooting those three-year-olds. It's just because they get so much bigger on their phone. Well, I think that's the thing.
1: Like, everyone, like because oh. I have, okay, so, like, we have the only properties I pass deer on that get to five-year-old are because me and neighbors are also doing that. Because mm-hmm. if you're the only guy, it's so hard. Like, just to have one on camera a year is, like, doesn't happen every year. So, I mean, I'm talking like one four-year-old. So, like, you know, like, to get them two, five and a half is really tough to do. You have to have a lot of people on board. But the jump from three to four is insane. And I'm not talking just score. I'm talking, like, body Mm -hmm. size, how they act, how they run, how the – there's something cool about it. Like, and I – right and, and, until you see some of those four-year-olds which you i think you're that one buck you shot he looks just like like you said he's he's stout and yeah. you know that definitely i would not doubt one bit that was a four and a half year old buck but it's really cool to do and then it gets to the point you so you never like when you pass the first two-year-old like if yeah. you go back and think about that it's oh, yeah. almost fun to pass the three and a half year olds like it was to pass the two and a half year olds yeah. which is weird to say like you know like in michigan but like there is a little something to it where it's like Man, that felt good watching that deer walk by, and then you start doing enough, you don't even pick your bow up anymore. And it's not like because I'm better than anyone else or anything like that. It's just no. my journey, you know. It's just like me and my dad's journey and my other buddies that do it. It's mm-hmm. all it is. It keeps it fun, but it definitely does, it does take of It takes good neighbors, though.
0: Like you have it, to. It have great neighbors. neighbors, and and you know, a three and a half year old deer really isn't a mature deer. Yeah. I mean it's not i mean as much as people are like that's a great buck what an old deer it's like not really no you know people that just don't know it's like that's really not that old of a deer. it's not a mature deer i mean they're not but i i think i need to get to that point where i'm just shooting four-year-olds every year because i mean i've shot enough of them and you know i, I have enough meat and if i get an elk or something out west i got enough true m- meat to get through the year and i'm fine so that's a good point for sure that's a good point for for you saying that because i think i'm there i really am
1: yeah i asked by that's why i asked like because i have buddies that like uh i'll drop tony hill for example this kid grew up hunting his family's never been about you know passing deer doing that kind of stuff and like he does a lot of dog stuff and he's got a tracking dog and all that and um he you we had a lot of conversations this year and he started passing some deer that like he never would have passed before and mm-hmm. just talking with him like because he started passing some of those deer he actually feels like he's learned a lot the last two years because mm-hmm. he's not just shooting the first six or eight point that walks by so like he's he's hunting a little bit more he's like okay he's not here i got a trail cam picture of one that i want to shoot where is he kind of a thing so like there is there's a lot that goes into that that it's not yeah. just like oh i'm only shooting big bucks because that's what i want to do no it's like this whole mantra that surrounds right. it and i i do i love it i just i, I love like it that. too
0: you know and you got to build yourself up to that
1: there's no problem yes.
0: shooting a small buck you know like that's if you hunt one day a year and that's what you want to shoot you should go and shoot it but you know like guys like us that are like we're just into it you know i've shot enough of them it's like it's so much easier to transition over time. Yes. Like, well, I'll just wait a little bit more. I'll let this one live. It's yes. just, it's it's kind of like a chess match and it's just exactly. Right yeah. You're talking, dude, you're
1: doing it. You're hooked already. That's twenty twenty four for you. I can feel it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did for sure. I'm excited already for next year. Yep.
1: Well, yeah. Hey man, thanks for doing this today. Like I had a great conversation. I mean, just from talking to you on social media a little bit, I knew this was going to be a good conversation. So, um, yeah. I appreciate it. And man, congrats on your fall. I know you went through some stuff, you know, like you said earlier, but I think from the grand scheme of things to go kill it elk by yourself. I mean, that's, I don't know how many Michigan guys are doing that, you know, like, um, (laughs) not trying to make you feel any more prideful or anything like that, but I mean, that's a really cool thing. Um, you know, getting after it in, in these other spots and doing that, but I think, you I like how you're very open and honest that like, Hey, my life is set up in a way that I have the amount of time to do it. been committed to this for years, you know, mm-hmm. like we're not trying to say there's, there's no magic recipe to doing this. It takes time. Um, right. you, you can maybe there's a few people who have just that property, like where they can, they can go do that. And, and just because we're passing three and a half year old deer doesn't mean you have to, like you said, you know, like that's one of those things too. Like you got to work yourself up to it and, there's a lot of heartache that goes into it maybe, or, you know, tag soups, very realistic thing to have, but Mm -hmm. there is a silver lining to it. Like that, that challenge. And like, I I scout more because of it. I learn more stuff. Um, you know, I get more enjoyment when I'm sitting in a tree and that three and a half year old buck walks by, I don't shoot him. Well, guess what? I keep hunting, you know, (laughs) I keep chasing. So there's a lot of good things, but no good conversation. I do appreciate, appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, man. Persistence. When the, when the time to hunt is, is on, you know, that's just get after it and just go as hard as you can. You know, I, I just love it. It's what I do. <laughs> Find
1: some blueberry trees to hunt by. I guess we got, that's a new yeah, tactic yeah. I've never heard of. Come, come get some.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank you. All right, buddy. We'll see you later.